This is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, my friends. Happy Football Friday to you on The Monty Show, as always. Presented by the Advocates, the best injury attorneys in the business. And you guys have been talking about it for an entire week now. The Advocates are partnered with The Road Home, the foremost homeless advocacy group in the country, trying to provide Halloween costumes for young kids so they can have some normalcy in their life. And imagine being a 7 or 10-year-old that's homeless, that's living in a shelter, maybe doesn't know where they're going to sleep tonight. They're probably getting picked on at school. They probably don't have many friends. Let's give them a great day on Halloween. A dollar, five dollars, a million dollars. That goes a long way to help kids getting Halloween costumes from the Advocates in the road home. Look, I'm going to put up the Advocates um, Venmo account right here. You guys, send a dollar, send five dollars, send 50 cents. I don't care. Let's do whatever we can do uh, to help homeless kids enjoy a normal Halloween. I think it's such a great cause. All you have to do right there is screenshot that Venmo or type in Advocates Donations on Venmo um, and put in the notes section, the Monty Show Halloween costumes or just Halloween costumes. I don't care. Whatever we can do to help these kids have a great Halloween. Let's do it. How the heck are you? A massive weekend of football, obviously with the Red River rivalry uh, coming up in less than 24 hours. Uh, I think there's a lot of big games this weekend. I, I I think this game tonight, K-State and Oklahoma State, certainly is a game that I'm fired up for. I'm a big Will Howard believer. Uh, we're going to talk about that game a lot in our prize picks because no Major League Baseball uh, tonight. We have to wait for the weekend on MLB. And really, K-State, Oklahoma State is the prize picks game of the night, unless you're into the WNBA and I'm not. So it's, it is a big, big prize picks game. I love Will Howard. Uh, I love Sinnott in this game. I like Will Howard rushing in this game. Jake, I think this is actually going to be one of the more intriguing games of the weekend. Absolutely. And I, and I think anytime, you know, you're playing on Friday night, you know, obviously, uh, uh, you know, a, a marquee game of the week, if you will, like there's, you know, big game vibes and obviously, you know, it's not Texas and Oklahoma, but I, I certainly think that K-State, Oklahoma is. State uh, is a great way to start the college football weekend. And I think that when when I look at the mullet and I look at his program and, and, and I look at where they're at, you don't have a quarterback. And, and again, this defense has been you know, inconsistent to put it nicely. So I think that, you know, when you're, when you're going up against Will Howard and company, I, I would expect K-State to, to handle Oklahoma State. I would expect Will Howard to have a nice showing, uh, obviously coming off the bye week, uh, you know, should feel much better than he did. Yeah. Um, so, so I would expect a strong performance out of uh, K-State. And he's got the Monty show karma. Absolutely. He was on the show. Go find that interview. He was outstanding. We know historically the gents that come on the show generally do really well. Mm -hmm. Isaac Rex. Like, I mean, I'm just saying, mm -hmm. Will Howard has the Monty show karma. Let's, uh, by the way, they're 11 and a half. Yeah. At Oklahoma State, still in Stillwater, K State 
is an 11 and a half point favorite. Yeah, and I have, I have Will Howard in my Wild. prize picks more than 249 and a half passing yards. So, so you know, do I. You know, there I, there's my prize picks on this game tonight. Yeah, I'm taking Alan Bowman to be under 227 and a half. Will Howard over 249. Uh, ben Sinnott 57 and a half. I went more. DJ Giddens 83 and a half yards rushing. I went more. Um, and then, you know, one of the things that prize picks does to cement your tomfoolery is they go with these combos. Look at this combo I picked up and Gabe Ledley in the, uh, Monty show members only Instagram chat was on this as well. Caleb Williams and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. I went five and a half more. And then I got, uh, Ben Sinnott again and Will Howard 26 and a half yards rushing. I went more. It's going to be tight. So I got Will Howard big time tonight. Yeah, you do. Big, big time tonight. Uh, in the comments section, folks, I would love to see your uh, favorite games this weekend. What games are you most looking forward to? Obviously, you have your school. Um, and I just think there's so many games uh, across college football. And I got to tell you, uh, Sunday night football I'm not sure that it gets bigger, bigger than Dallas and San Francisco in the NFL. And San Francisco is only four points at home. That game is in Santa Clara, Sunday night, primetime, and you're only four points at home. Mm -hmm. nah, and they picked up Randy Gregory today to help them with that Dallas terminology. So, yeah, I think a lot of games. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, uh, our mother, Notre Dame, pray for her. Uh, <laughs> Notre Dame at Louisville. Notre Dame, our mother. Huge game. Huge, huge game. But the one everybody's talking about is Texas and Oklahoma. It is the Red River rivalry. And I think the biggest question is, can Texas live up to the expectations of this game? I mean, th this game, I don't think we can oversell it. I, I truly do not. It is a national championship level game. It is a conference championship level game. The loser of this game falls far, far, far down the rung of college football playoff teams. If Brent Venables and Oklahoma lose this game, I think their chances of going to the playoff are over. Uh, if Texas loses this game, every, everybody's going to be on the, oh yeah, I told you they weren't back train. I think there is so much hype around this game. And I feel like Steve Sarkeesian has embraced that. And one of the, the more interesting comments this week was Steve Sarkeesian yesterday saying how honored and what a privilege it is to be involved in the Red River rivalry and that this game and this rivalry, the magnitude of it is important for the Texas program and really helps college football. And I cannot help but ask myself, is Mike Gundy listening? Because I understand that the mullet wants nothing to do with Bedlam, but this is different. It's Texas and Oklahoma. And I wonder if Mike Gundy wants nothing to do with Bedlam because Bedlam is pretty much a one-sided rivalry. And I wonder if Mike Gundy wants nothing to do with Bedlam because there's nothing on the line in Bedlam. Whereas the Red River rivalry is a national championship caliber football game. It is the game of the week. It is Texas's chance to cement itself as a national championship contender. And it is Quinn Ewer's chance to put himself in New York City for the Heisman Trophy. And Jake, I think to date, it's absolutely, positively, the game of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, the first game of the year was Texas and Alabama. Texas was, you know, a winner in that game. I think this is absolutely 
you know, the 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 best game that we've, you know, had to watch up into this point. I think that there's so much, uh, you know, on the line for Texas. And and, and I don't want to sell Oklahoma short because obviously they have a lot to play for. Um, you know, they have a great program. But I think that, you know, we can all agree that Texas is much more of the at this stage anyway, much more the college football playoff ready team. And I think that Texas understands, man, you know, you, you win this game and you're downhill from here. And I think, you know, Quinn Ewers was, was, you know, someone that frankly, I, I needed to see some from at the beginning of this season. And I think he's done a lot of proving, uh, in, in a lot of legitimizing of himself and his ability. And I think that this game, like I have, uh, uh, like in prize picks, I was gonna, I was gonna take him. I think their number was some insane number, like three oh nine or three ten. Like, like that. Most people expect Quinn Ewers to have a big game against Oklahoma, like three hundred yards, several touchdowns, like that because type I, of performance. I, I think that's what's required to win the game. Mm-hmm. I think Oklahoma, while there's not nearly as much on the line, and again. I know every time somebody says, with all due respect, usually a slap in the face follows. Right, right. But with all due respect, respect. there's not nearly as much on the line for Oklahoma as there is Texas. I think Texas, the expectation should be national championship game or bust. If you don't go to the national championship game, this season's a disappointment for the Longhorns. If you go to the national championship game, again, Brett Venable should have a statue uh, erected of himself in Norman. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that would be the level of surprise. I think this Texas team, week in and week out, and I want to say the weight of the world is on their shoulders, only it's not. I actually think they use the expectations as motivation. I don't think they care that we're sitting here talking about the fact that they're playing for a national championship this weekend and probably every weekend forward. Right. I don't think they care that there's a target on their chest, their back, and their ass. I don't think they care at Texas. I think they embrace it. And I think that's one of the reasons that I love Texas in this game. Not only is it at the Cotton Bowl, not only will Greg Skanky be there, but I I think that the the weight of the world does not present a problem for Texas. I actually think it moves them and motivates them. Yeah, and I think that pressure was ratcheted up to an all-time high against Alabama early in the season. You know, you were you were going to Brian Denny, you were going to, you know, uh uh, you know, play a Nick Saban defense. Like you were going you were going in hostile territory. There's just no doubt about that. And I think that you know, the way you handled yourself there, the way you controlled the game, you know, the way the defense baited Jalen Milrow and in interceptions, like all of those things in that game are 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 now going to translate into the Oklahoma game. And I think, again, this is why I always advocate for major nameplates to have big games early in their season. It doesn't have to be every single game, but just have that one marquee game that you can really lean on and say, hey, if we win this game, Dude, the rest of the schedule, we can expect to win, you know, the the Oklahoma game or this game or that game because we went out and beat in Alabama or we went out and beat whoever you want to point to. And, and that's what I think is so important, you know, for Texas and building a schedule. And, you know, for Steve Sarkeesian, getting to the college football playoff, you got to have a schedule that allows you to build momentum. Like if you're on the road the first four weeks, that you're gonna you're going to have a really tough time you know, getting to to a New Year's, a New Year's Six Bowl and, and obviously on your way to the college football playoff, that's going to be really difficult to do. But I think Texas deserves a lot of credit yeah. for scheduling properly, 
um, you know, obviously developing and and putting Quinn Ewers in a position to to feed that talented skill position group. Uh, and you're seeing the fruits of that labor. And and that's why I say headed into this game, uh, I do think, you know, the the over-unders and, you know, how much Texas is favored by and all that good stuff. I think that's pretty much in alignment. Texas is the better team. You should expect Texas to win this game. I do expect Texas to win this game. The only question is going to be how easy or how difficult is it going to be? Is, is you know, Oklahoma going to turn the football over? If they do that, this is going to be a runaway. Well, I, I think I... Uh, we should not just write off Oklahoma. That defense, it, it, I mean, it's the best defense that Texas is going to see. Um, I don't think Alabama was the same defense when Texas played them as they are even today. I think Texas A&M is going to find that out. Uh, I think this Oklahoma defense is ferocious. Uh, and I do think that Dylan Gabriel is a guy um, who who can... Who can win you a game? Now, the, the biggest question is, can Oklahoma run the football on Texas? And right now, I don't know that Marcus Major is the guy that, um, you know, you want to, you know, tie your fortunes to. Um, I think Dylan Gabriel probably is going to have to carry the mail for Oklahoma in both passing and, and rushing, if we're being honest. He's going to have to be a true dual threat in this game. Uh, but I certainly think that this Oklahoma defense – I think they don't get the credit that they deserve because Quinn Ewers has shown that if you get to him and you pressure him, sure, he's running at a different level than we've ever seen, but he's also prone to mistakes when you have him moving his feet and you're at his feet and you're making him run and he wants to throw and run. That's when you're going to get a lot of quarterbacks in trouble, and I don't think Quinn Ewers is immune to that. And I think this Oklahoma defense is going to come and get that ass, and that's when we're going to find out how good Texas is and we're going to find out how good Oklahoma is and I, I agree with you. The turnover battle is probably going to determine the game. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, you're not wrong that Oklahoma has a good defense. I just think that the the thing that stands out to me, the X factor for Texas, is the wide receiver room and the running back room. Uh, those two position groups, you know, are, are outstanding. Best of the best, you know, out, like just top end, you know, elite talent. And in big games... I'm a big believer, man. Your your best wide receiver against their best DB, your wide receiver should win that. If your wide receiver is any type of any type of weapon, they should be able to create separation. And I think that's that's what I'm looking for. Because you're right. If Quinn Ewers has to run around and really, you know, think about, you know, hey, where is, you know, do I have a step on the defensive end chasing me? Like, you know, where yeah. am I rolling left, rolling right? Like, if he's in that chaos constantly, it's going to be tough for him to be even in the 60 percentile of completions but in this game. I also think that that's a trademark for Brent Venables. There's a guy that – Brent Venables is a guy that, that absolutely gets after your ass. And I think when you look at when you look at Quinn Ewers, I, I, I don't think he's seen that this year. I don't think Alabama brought that to the fore when, when, when Texas was in town. And I think Quinn Ewers made them pay for it. Because if you allow Quinn Ewers to stand in the pocket and deliver the football, you know, they're five deep on weapons. And then again, they run the ball exceptionally well. So this front seven for Oklahoma, which I think has been so good in one of the maligned groups in the country, the the defensive line and linebackers at Oklahoma can play with Texas. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that they are going to do is they are going to force Quinn Ewers uh, to win the game because I think it's going to be very difficult uh, for them to run the football uh, on on Oklahoma, and I know that that seems crazy, 
Um, but I think you also are going to have to find a way um, to get Dylan Gabriel going in this game and how well Oklahoma receivers you know, can get separation against a really talented Texas secondary probably is, is one of the, the hallmarks to watch in the first half of the game. Is there is there a big play opportunity, and does Oklahoma cash it? Because if they do, that's going to make it easier for Oklahoma to run the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, because guys like Jade Barron also play the run very well, he's an excellent tackler, and this secondary has tackled quite well, and I think has been pretty good in run support. Now, how well do they contain Gabriel? We'll find out. But I just can't believe. I can't believe that Oklahoma is going to stop the run, be able to run the ball, create explosive plays while stopping explosive plays, and convert on and get off the field on third down. You have to do all of those things very well to beat Texas, and I don't think Oklahoma can do it. Yeah, I I think it's a lot to ask, and I I think that's the genius behind Texas's game plan, and I think that, you know, again, uh, it'll be really interesting to see how they approach this this first quarter. If if you're Texas, how you approach this first quarter, because you could easily – easily come out and ground and pound. You could absolutely do that. You could try to possess the football, run it a lot, you know, eat clock, really control the pace of the game, not let your not let the game get too emotional on you. Or you could go the other way. Let's take shots. Let's, you know, let's get Quinn in, in the flow of the game early. Let's get some quick slants going, get some completions going, get a couple of first downs, and then let's start throwing the ball deep. I mean, and that to me is 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 really one of the most important factors in the game because a lot of times you'll watch a college football game and and an offense will come out they'll take some shots and they'll get off the field right because obviously incompletions and then you wind up punting the football and you get off on the wrong foot offensively so that's what i'm saying when you play these big games it, it you really have to make sure your quarterback and that offense is in rhythm early so that you can reliably mm-hmm. say okay hey we can get you know like in this game i i gotta imagine you know, first person to, what, 30 points probably in this game is is going to win if the game. If Oklahoma gets to 30 points, they're going to win the game. I, I, I have no doubt about that. But my biggest concern with Oklahoma, it's the same thing I say about Georgia. And we found out Georgia's vulnerable last week at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma hasn't played anybody. And with all due respect, Iowa State ain't him. And Cincinnati ain't him. Mm-hmm. And Tulsa, SMU, and Arkansas ain't him. And I think that they've had a pretty e- easy. They've had a a pretty comfortable margin of victory. And it's gotten better every week. And now you run into Texas at the Cotton Bowl. I, I, this very much, man, 30 points is a very interesting number. This very much feels to me to be a 42-28 Texas win. Mm-hmm. It feels like, you know, the the there's just too much to deal with for for Oklahoma here. And I think they have zero margin for error. They're gonna get their big plays against Texas's secondary. That's going to happen. But that's not what's gonna win you the game here. You're going to have to play exceptional on both sides of the football. And I just don't think you're talented enough. And I don't think you're ready for what's coming at the Cotton Bowl. And, and that's why I think I'm taking Texas 42-28. Yeah, you know, that's that's funny you say 42. I, I kind of envision that for Texas as well. But I think the, the question in this game is, 
is Oklahoma. Cause, cause I do think Texas is going to have a nice day offensively in this game. I, I, I really even, I don't even doubt that to be honest with you, but, but Oklahoma to me, you know, I, 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 again, I think there's a chance, you know, that they're low, low twenties. I mean, I, you know, I, I like, really, yeah, I, I think there's a chance that, cause again, think of, think of it this way to have big wins. What do you need? What's the recipe for a big win for a team like Texas? Well, you, you need a rivalry, ideally, right? You, you play a team that you've played a lot, and there's a lot in that, and, and there's a lot of material there, number one. But number two, you need a team that, that uh, you know, it has the threat of beating you. And so when you play good teams, it provides you an opportunity to show just how good you are. So at the Alabama win was your was sort of your high-water mark now. And I'm not saying, you know, we can debate whether Oklahoma is better than Alabama or they're even or whatever the case may be. But this game, I would expect Oklahoma to play better than Alabama did in their game against Texas. And for me, I look at Texas and I say, okay, your offense is going to go out and produce. The, the defense has to do their job. And if the defense does their job, I don't think Oklahoma is getting past 21 points in this game. I think, I think the Texas defense is faster than you, uh, and I think they're more prepared than you because you don't do to Jalen Milrow-level talented quarterbacks what they did without being prepared, without being smart, without understanding what's in front of you. And that's what I'm counting on for Texas' defense. They know what's coming, they're prepared, they have a good scheme, and they understand what they need to do to win the game. So to me... I like the 42-point number for Texas, but I would probably go three points less and 21 points for Oklahoma. I'm really curious also uh, on this last note, and in the comments section, I'd love to see your score predictions. Where do you guys come out on the Red River rivalry? I've got it 42-28. What did you settle on? 42-21. 42-21. Okay. So you think it's a it's a whooping. Yeah, I think I think I think it's a dominant, dominant performance for sure. All right, I'll take I'll take I'm going to stick at 42-28. One of the biggest questions I have is who scores a defensive touchdown, Texas or Oklahoma? Cuz I think that's going to to happen. And we'll see. I think Oklahoma needs to show that they are respected and they have earned the And I'm I'm trying not to be disrespectful. I just don't love their schedule. In these big games, your experience counts. And I just, I feel like Oklahoma has not been, was SMU really a test? No. Was Cincinnati, was Iowa State? Certainly not. Like any of those teams, are any of those teams a threat to actually beat you? I don't think you were ever in jeopardy, really. But... I think you also are in a situation against Texas where, man, they've played Alabama, they've played Baylor, Kansas, like Wyoming is a good test because they just punch you in the face so often. I just think Texas is more ready, mm-hmm. and that defense feels it, it's just more more ready, more balanced, more experienced. I think the offense, the the weaponry that Texas brings to the yard. And I know you guys are probably tired of hearing me talk about Jatavian Sanders every week. Dude, he just puts out every single Saturday. And he's a difference maker when he does. And then you get, you know, like, uh, you know, Mitchell and 
Worthy, and I, I mean, look how deep they are. Yeah, Worthy's a savage. Jordan Winnington. I, I mean, they're just they're just really talented, and we haven't said two words about Jonathan Brooks, who I think is one of the most over uh, overlooked running backs in the country mm -hmm. at this point. Like, I that's why I I don't I don't want to disrespect Oklahoma. I certainly am not sitting here trying to disrespect Oklahoma because I think what Brett Venables has done here, the ways rebuilt the program, the ways rebuilt the roster, the transfer portal, the things that he's done. I mean, I, I, I have a lot of respect for what Brent Venables has done in Norman, but you're talking about, I just think a better team right now than, than Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So let's get your predictions in here. I see a lot of you are in on this. Um, Kevin the Destroyer, who's got his crimson and white horns down helmet, where the wind comes sweeping down the plains. Do you know where that's from? No. Oh, okay. No, okay. I, I won't. Uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, Mike Smith says fracking, fracking. Bryce Martin, close in the first half, but Texas will blow them out in the second half. Uh, Kevin the Destroyer says, wish I could bet you, Jakey. Jake Nelson says Oklahoma hasn't played anyone yet. Mm -hmm. They've not been true. You need to be on the field to be to be a really tested team. You need to be in danger. And when I say you need to be in danger, you need to be in danger on the football field from a team that's as talented or more talented than you. And, and when yet, I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. And yet you still find a way to win the game. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, that's a critical test. Georgia hasn't seen it. Michigan hasn't seen it. I mean, I don't know if Florida State's seen it with Clemson. They seem pretty similar talent-wise. I know Texas has seen it. And I think it makes a difference. Yeah. So, Bryce Martin, heard rumors Milrow isn't playing Saturday. We'll find out. Uh, Bob Smith says Texas 45-31. Uh, Al Bundy says 49 nothing Texas. Come on now. Uh, All gas, no break. BJK, anything can happen in a rivalry game. Adam P, ESPN, FBI, OU number two, only behind uh, OSU and Texas at four. Okay? That matters. The FBI, ESPN is pretty good. Jedi Master, OU 34, Texas 28. There's our first nod to Oklahoma winning. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, Cotton Bowl, where the greatest team in Texas plays the SMU Mustangs. <laughs> Listen, Jeff, if you day drink, I'm not judging you for that. The things That's you. Cute. I remember when I had my first beer. The things you say because you day drink? No. Uh, Kevin the Destroyer, OU 3828. Okay. 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 Um, if that score hits on the dot, Kevin, we'll give you a $25. Amazon gift card mm -hmm. just because you're here and that helmet with the horns down is amazing. Uh, Jonathan Lamb says Texas 27, Okie 17. Uh, OG Gary 35, 31, Texas. Ooh. Uh, Daniel Dixon says 42 to 14. Is that Texas or Oklahoma? Cougar tracks, Texas 38, 31. So it seems like we're really split on the program today about how it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a lot of people think that Oklahoma is going to be in the 30s. Which, 
which is interesting. If Oklahoma, I'm telling you now, if Oklahoma gets to 30, Oklahoma wins the game because that means Texas defense it just it, it no showed in the in the game. Yeah. If Oklahoma gets to 30, Texas is in real real trouble. Real trouble. Yeah. So, totally hey. I agree. I I'm I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. Steven says Sooners 28-17. Ron Nolan the weather in Utah today is marvelous. Perfect suns out, snow-capped mountains, leaves are changing. Um and he says that it's 83 in Savage, George. Cannot wait to golf in St. George this uh, winter. Bryce Martin, 45-20, Texas. Gabriel won't have time to throw deep. That could be. Absolutely. Mike Smith, Oklahoma 69, Texas nothing. Okay. Okay. <coughs> okay. Jeff uh, says zero Texas minus three Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so. Uh, Texas is strong in the fourth quarter. We've seen that. They yep. finish well. They finish well. Bryce Martin, all week I've heard from former players that experience in this game specifically matters because it's so different. It is very different. And Cotton Bowl is not Cotton Bowl like it is for the bowl game and like it is for the rivalry. That And I think I sound like a Mike Gundy hater on this show. I'm not at all. I, I respect the hell out of Mike Gundy. So get your facts straight. But what are you talking about with Bedlam? It's games like Bedlam, yeah. Texas, Oklahoma, Utah, BYU, Notre Dame, Michigan, like OU, uh, uh, Ohio State, Michigan. USC, Notre Dame. You think of the biggest games. You want those games. You need those games. And uh, it's what drives me crazy about Bedlam. Man, it, you... you, you mm. You know why he doesn't want to talk about it. Do you guys like that? The sun's back. You're a star. <laughs> we forgot the gaff tape today. Uh, Jake says uh, 48-17 Texas lets Damn. off the gas and OU gets another TD late. Woo! That's rough. That is rough right there uh, if that happens for certain. Bryce Martin also says, how will Sanders' ankle hold up when he gets hit? If he does well, OU is screwed. Well... That's a big question. Aaron Wilson, boo. UT, no one gives a fuck. Actually, I think they do. <laughs> Don't worry. Texas Tech is next. J.K. Marshall, can uh, UF survive Vandy? Mm. <coughs> yeah, are they for real? Are they for, are they for real? I don't know. Uh, big shout out to Alex Crows. <laughs> Newest member on the program. Appreciate that. You guys hit the join button. Uh, for $9.99, you get into our members-only Instagram chat, which is fantastic. Program. Even though Aaron Wilson is just dominating every fool on prize picks, don't worry. that He will begin losing soon. We'll all feel better about ourselves. Thanks. But the Instagram chat's amazing. For $1.99 a month, uh, you can have all of your comments highlighted in red. We appreciate you, Alex Crows, for uh, joining the membership. Uh, welcome to the Monty Show, and thank you for being here. BJK says UT thirty five thirty two. Katie Raider says word, bro, bro. Bryce Martin, it drives me crazy that Tech isn't playing Okie State this year, and we need more heat on that game. Y'all feel do. me? You do. Um, uh, whoa, comment dump. Uh, big blue horses. Gators are cooked, and I'm a Gator fan. They are terrible. Well. And, and I wonder, you have hashtag Fire Napier. 
Has he ever been the guy? No. No. Nope. I don't think he has nope. been. And and Mertz is nothing special, and that's your problem. You you don't have Yeah, you don't have that feel around that program. You don't have like, dude, the swamp is iconic, man. Like it's supposed to be one of the best SEC teams every single year, yes. and yet they are not. And it's incredible to me that I got to sit here all year and we got to sit here all year on the program and listen to Florida State fan talk about how they're better than Florida and yada, yada. I'm just like, dude, bro, win a big game first, then let's talk about you being better than Florida. You know, like that. The, and, and it's a shame because Florida, to me, in college football is definitely one of those nameplate programs that should be good every year. Yeah. Yeah. And they did. They it, listen. They've had their opportunities and they've won big games. But I continue to. I, Billy Napier's not that dude. No. He's not that dude. He's not Hemi. You know, he's not in his emo. No. And I think you. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're, you're not, not that, that guy. guy. You're three and two. And the Kentucky loss is humiliating. There's no. How do you spin the Kentucky loss? You don't. You got you don't. torched. You got torched. Um, and the bigger issue is that you've still got Georgia, Arkansas, LSU, Missouri, and Florida State on your schedule. Yeah, are you going to be bowl eligible, dude? Like, That's a big question. Like, you've got, you're halfway there now. You're going to be Vandy in South Carolina, and I think that's it. Because I, I, yeah, I think that's it. That's a very interesting yeah. question. Uh, let's see, J.K. Marshall, Jake, Florida State beat Florida last year. They are better. Sorry. Mm. We'll see. Mike Smith, Florida looking for their next brooding visor-wearing coach. <laughs> uh, Aaron Wilson, Florida used to be so dang good. That's and what I mean. The, like Florida used to be amazing. Yeah, now I got to move. I got to move over here. Yeah, can just get a little closer. It's okay. Don't be shy. It's okay. Um, yeah, Florida used to be just unbeatable, absolutely unbeatable. And that's what I'm saying. Like you know, J.K. Marshall. Like when you are talking about Florida State versus Florida, like yeah, sure. Are they? Did they beat them last year? Sure. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about brand recognition and brand history versus what have you done for me lately? And there's no question about it. Florida's fallen short, much like our window shade. Dude, I just can't, I cannot get away from this freaking sun today. There's nowhere to hide. It's brutal. Mike Smith, Florida looking for their next brooding visor wear. I read that one already. Aaron Wilson, I look forward to butt bowl every year. Okay. Tanner Plummer, Florida State should be good. No, there's no such thing as should in college football. You need to prove it on the field. Being a big brand doesn't guarantee anything. And and I I think the Clemson win did more to make people doubt Florida State. I, I you in having watched most of that game, yeah. I just think there's a lot of questions about Florida State. Hundred percent. I, I I do. Alex Crow says Texas forty five OU twenty eight. All right, cool. Um, it, you know, we'll see, uh, Tebow not walking on the field anytime soon. Terry says, no, he's not. You're not wrong. Agreed. Tanner asked Texas the last 10 years. Ooh, wow. That's a kick. In the nuts. <coughs> well, maybe Texas needs to hit a buck shot yeah. before their game, uh, against Oklahoma tomorrow. Let's do it. You guys, we are so close. 
uh, to our breaking our monthly record for um, samples at Bucked Up. And Bucked Up is really trying to get everybody's hands on Buckshot. That's why in the description below on the show, there's a link to get six free Buckshots sent right to your front door. And they're game changers. And this is what you'll see when you click the link. Um, and it is absolutely about the regular guy. It's absolutely about the regular guy. And what this does is it's 200 milligrams of naturally sourced caffeine with a bunch of brain food. It's clean, long-lasting energy so you can have your best day every day. That's what Bucked Up's about. The best ingredients that make the best products that do exactly what they say they're going to do. Every day at this time on the show, you know, Jake and I pop a buck shot. Yeah. And then we just roll right through the next two hours. Yes, sir. There it is. I'm a blood raz, blue raz, and watermelon guy. I do love me some blue raz today. Go get your six uh, um, free samples. Guys, we need like beyond a sunshade. <laughs> we need like just, I think it's t- 27 more samples to go out the door. And we break our monthly record. Yeah. And it's the sixth day of the month. We have 300 people watching the show. All we need is let's get 30 people to go click the link. Hook it up right now. BuckedUp.com, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. And again, if you're a pre-workout guy, a protein isolate guy, a if you're a whey protein isolate guy, go get it. They have the best at Bucked Up. Uh, all of their creatines, all of their collagens, all of their endurance products, they're all good to go at BuckedUp.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Texas Tech. At Baylor, look at this line. <coughs> Minus one for Tech, 59 and a half. That's a wild line. And I think that the question for me on this game is I slide out of the sunlight. The question for me on this game is pretty simply, is, should I say it, is Baylor back? No. They're not. Um Baylor seems like they are not the same rollover team that a lot of us thought they were. And you get the kind of win that Baylor got, and you play the way that Baylor played to beat UCF, and it was a wild game. It was a wild game. And you ask yourself, how on earth did Baylor wind up winning this game? And I think a lot of it has to do with character. And I know that seems cliche, but it would have been easy to lay down. It would have been easy for Blake Shapin to wait till this week to come back, but he didn't. Was he stellar? He was not. 21 of 34, uh, 293 and a touchdown. Hey, that's good, not great. But you got a great performance out of Richard Reese, and I think you also got a really good performance out of your defense, and they lived up to it a little bit against a high-power offense from UCF. Now, does this give me hope? Does this give me belief that Texas Tech is going to get stunned uh, at McLean tomorrow night? No, it doesn't. Because I think this game means just about everything to Joey McGuire and the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Yeah. I feel like this is a prove-it, gotta have it. I feel like Baylor is weak. 
I feel like Baylor is vulnerable. You've already lost to Wyo and Oregon. You have not played good football. This is where you feel like maybe Texas Tech turns a corner. Who do you have more confidence in, Baylor or Texas Tech? Yeah, you know, I think it's I, I think it's Texas Tech. I, I I think you know Joey McGuire has you know he's obviously shown an ability to bounce back you know from adversity and you know some some painful losses, no question about it. But um, you know, uh, yeah, I would have more faith in him. But I think you know Dave Aranda and and Baylor to me. You know, this is absolutely one of those games on on your schedule with how things have played out. You know, last week was last week, and that was a crazy comeback win, and you rode the emotional wave, and those were wild times. But now we need to get to the business of doing it again. And, And that's what I think is tough for me to believe in with Baylor. I don't believe you can do it week in and week out right now. I believe that you gave one hell of a halftime speech, and the boys came out and did their thing. And now it's like, okay, now we need to play a better team in Texas Tech. And I think the the hard part with Tech is that, you know, they they with Tyler Shuck before earlier in the season, there were a lot of times where I felt like watching them that it was like, all right, when's a mistake gonna happen? Can kind of feel a mistake coming here? Like when's is the it, interception? When, right? Like when's the interception? When's a turnover? Like when's it gonna happen? And, you know, I don't think that's necessarily as present. And I would expect Texas Tech to come out and, and have a good performance here. This is a team in Baylor that is is down. This is a team in Baylor that, yes, showed a lot of fight last week. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you should just all of a sudden lose to them. You should beat this team. And if Joey McGuire you know, is the coach I think he is, they will win this so game. What, when, so you, you're, a, you're a buyer yeah, on Joey I'm McGuire. Yeah, I'm a buyer. I, I think... Right now, I'm a buyer on Joey McGuire. I, I I think, you know, with the way Tyler Shuck's situation kind of, you know, shook out, if you will, how it kind of, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the way, way that Tyler Shuck's situation went shucks. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of gave Joey McGuire as a coach a little bit of a break because he didn't just have to straight up say, yeah, Tyler, you know what? Yeah, but Barry Morton's been pretty good. I yeah, mean, but, good, but, not, and I, and wait. He's been good. He's not been very good or great. Nothing close to it. Yeah. My point with my point with this is that is that I have faith that Joey McGuire can can keep momentum in his program and keep the kids developing and moving forward as a team. I think that that because Tyler sustained an injury and and that happened when it happened, like you didn't have to do the whole, hey, we're changing quarterbacks and the program's going in the wrong direction and you know, like he got that was a break for Joey McGuire and Texas Tech, in my opinion. Yeah. So all they need to do, long story short, all they need to do is come in here and execute their game plan. Because if they execute and they play well and they follow the plan that they create, they should win this game. But it's but you get in trouble when you turn it over or you struggle sure. to pass pro or like any of those. But issues. don't you just do the same thing against Baylor that you did against Houston? Don't mm. you because I think if you ask Morton to do too much, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. Let's not get cute. I think if you are from the Texas Tech side of this game, you cannot ask him to do too much. Baylor is bringing one of the worst defenses in the entire country in my opinion, and I think the worst defense in the Big 12. 
against your your quarterback who is gaining more and more experience, his experience doubles and triples pretty much every week that he prepares. Don't get cute in this game. Just go kick Baylor's ass. Yeah. Let your defensive line play their game and dare Blake Shapin to beat you. Let let your guys do what they do best. The quickest way to get into trouble in this game is to walk in here and read that read that headline. Is Texas Tech better without Tyler Shuck? Mm-hmm. And the answer is they are, but they're also very different. And I think with Morton at quarterback, you cannot ask him to do too much. Because the other thing that I think is very, very clear, Baylor's not laying down for anybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how bad their defense is, this team plays hard. Maybe not for Dave Aranda, but you look at the way their line plays, and I think their offensive line is they get quality play out of their offensive line. Jeff Grimes is a hell of an offensive line coach and a hell of an offensive coordinator, and I just think they don't have what they need to win games, which is why Texas Tech needs to go to Waco and you just simply need to be basic. You see what I mean? Like, just create the plan during the week. Obviously, they're going to do that. And then go out and execute the plan because Baylor, obviously, is not reinventing the wheels. He just said, doesn't have a good defense. So that's why I say, like, it's not like, oh, my God, like, we need a special performance or, like, dude, our quarterback's going to have to play out of his mind. No, it, none of that. Just go in there and be you. Be consistent. Complete passes at 65%. And how do you do that? Good play calling. Play yes. calling's been an issue for this team. I don't want to talk about play calling on Monday with this Texas Tech team. Defense. With the Texas Tech defense. Yeah, but... Because I think the hallmark of this team offensively now is no longer run and gun and throw it all over the field. It's turn around and hand the ball off and let your boys eat. Because this team has run the football exceptionally well. And I think their, their win over Houston was an example of that. When you have two dudes that run for... 212 yards and three scores, we're going to turn around and run the football. I'm for real. And I, again, Morton is good, not great. He is good enough. Do not ask him to do too much, and he will not try to do too much. Mm-hmm. Run the football, control the clock, and score your points. Because I also think, and I'm not trying to crush, and I know I'm going to, but I'm not trying to crush Blake Shapin. Good cat. But is there anybody who believes Blake Shapin can throw you to a win right now? Because I'm not that dude. I look at the UCF game, and you had a ton of opportunities, and he only completed 21 of 34. Yeah. That's a problem. And Blake Shapin, I think, has all of the tools to be special. He's just not. And if you're only going to complete 62, what is that, 62% of your passes against a very lackadaisical UCF defense at times in that game, Mm -hmm. I have no confidence in this Baylor offense to go against this Texas Tech defense, which I think is very good, and nobody talks about them. I think think this should be a 14-point win for Texas Tech. And I know it. the number's close. I know the boys in Vegas are rarely wrong. Are rarely wrong. But man, I'm telling you right now, there is no le- reason to believe that Texas Tech shouldn't go to Waco and stomp the Baylor Bears. 
Yeah, I'm not ready to say it's 14. I think it's 10. I I, I think 10 is is perfectly reasonable. Field goal and a touchdown, two possessions better. I I, I think there's nothing wrong with that, and especially if you know if, if we're following the formula that that uh, you've kind of laid out, which I agree with. They should run the football a lot in this game. You know you know that possessions are going to be on the lower side if you're running the football effectively. So you know yeah, I I, I think it's a yeah, I think it's a 10-point win. Uh, I don't think this is a particularly high-scoring game. I, I would say... No, I do. I think Baylor's defense is terrible. I think their defense... I think their defense is just not good. I, I, I really don't. I, I really don't. I, I am not a... I am not a, I'm not a believer in Baylor's defense. I, I really am not. What do you, what do you like score-wise? 30-20... 30... 30-17. How about that? 30-17. Yeah. I am going to take Texas Tech to score 34, and I think Baylor puts up 20. And I think it's a 14-point win, a win cover over. Yeah. What would that be? 50, I think the number's 59. So win cover under, excuse me. Yeah, 59 Is what and that half. would be. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's win cover under because I don't think Baylor will score enough. And hey, maybe I am drinking the Kool-Aid on on Texas Tech, but when you can make a systematic philosophical change offensively, and that that is that is what it is. I mean, when have we seen Texas Tech run first conservative offense? And they still scored 49 points. Yeah. Uh Jim R gives us $50. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate that. To assist with the window coverings. Thank you. Thank you. Thank well, you. That's a lot of gaff tape. Because <laughs> that we actually have a shade on the window. I wish I could show the, it to you. The amount of like just the the tiny slit that this sunlight is coming through is wild. I mean, dude, it must be what, quarter inch, maybe? Maybe. 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 Just owning that ass. That's what it is. Uh OG Gary, 3514 tech, okay. Uh, Mike Smith, LOL, you can piss Kurtz off and he will respond even if it's not a super chat. I don't understand well, what, what that's about. What are we about. talking about? What do you what you mean, man? Yeah. Uh, Jansen, what's up, Jansen? I think it'll be high scoring, but I would take the under on 59 and a half. Okay. I like that. Um, Bryce Martin, however, Tech's offense isn't Texas's offense and doesn't have the ability to stretch the field like Texas does. Texas is significantly better than Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. I will tell you. Uh, Katie Raider says, pray it's true, Monty. Stick to the game plan. Where's Tech fan at right now? Like, how are you guys feeling? Are you guys... You it's guys, an interesting question. I mean, are you guys, like, more positive now? Or, like, how? Like, what's, what's it like right now? I would... Uh, that's an interesting question. Because I think this is not the season all of us thought the Raiders were going to have. No. And I think that... I don't think Joey's lost anybody. There needs to be some pretty significant talent upgrades. I, in, I think there was expectations for him, man. I, I think people are like, oh yeah, hey, it's Joey McGuire. Like, hey, this should be, you know, we should be. A no, I think good it team. was, hey, this is Tyler Shuck. Yeah, and that never materialized. And I don't even think that's Joey's fault. I, I don't think. I in mean, he's a head coach, but dude, in today's big boy college football game, it can't just be playing chaos constantly. And what I mean by that is like, like with Texas and Oklahoma, you know, for a fact 
There are going to be times where Quinn Ewers is going to be running around in this game. You Absolutely. know, you know that. You know that Blake Shapin is going to be running around, right? Like, you know that Dylan Gabriel is going to be running around. But the difference is, is that when they're running around, their eyes are downfield and they know where their guy should be. Their guy should be mirroring them. And and I felt like and they're not blitzing when they're in control of the football game. Yeah, that. Yeah. They, they, I I will I the death of Texas Tech in 2023. You should write on their tombstone. We're stupid. We blitzed Wyo in overtime. Sorry, Just, if you're offended by that. Hey, rip, rip, and and all I want on the tombstone, rip, pew pew, at the top of the tombstone. We're stupid. We blitzed Wyo in OT. Rest in rest in pain. When I die, I'm going to paradise. That was so frustrating. CB1044, what's up, CB? Putting buckshot, uh, bucked up shots in my fridge at the Let's moment. Go, Let's go. It's, I, I will say it is an absolute hack to have cold buckshot. Everyone's like, oh, buckshot's great. Yeah, I know it's great. I agree. Cold buckshot is incredible. Yep. Cougar tracks. Texas Tech 31, Baylor 21. Yeah. Um, Johnny Gonzalez. Uh, you give the sunlight an inch, it'll take a planet. Can you measure it? It's the planet. It's the right, it's a planet and stuff. Right. Planetarium and meteorological society. Um, oh, look at that! Look at meteorological dang, society. dude, rolled it out. What I'm telling you. Why is... I don't know where Gumby is, you guys. I don't know. I Like, he's... I, I checked the other night. He is not blocked on the show. Maybe he's just protesting. Because <coughs> he wants his emojis. Mm. I don't know. Uh... Let's see. Uh, NE says 31-14 tech for the win. Aaron Wilson, Kurtz looks like a gnome. Okay, what's going what 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 is going on? Like why are we Yeah, I don't get it. Like what's can someone please explain why we're referencing Kurtz? He's a good dude. Met him at Big yeah. 12 Media Day. Like what's it's the phenomenal. issue with what's the issue with John Kurtz? JK Marshall, Chandler Jones naked and burning stuff again? Dude. Tell me that's not again. I didn't see that, but I, I'll check. Hold on, let me check. I worry about dude. Uh, Chandler Jones is about, Chandler Jones is a good dude. I've talked to him several times. He's a good dude. I, it, there's just clearly issues there, man. Like, and it's mm. it does not appear there is a new Chandler Jones thing. Katie Raider, little more positive. Yes, yeah. Aaron Wilson. I'm feeling good. Love Morton. Love running the ball. Run the ball. There is nothing more enjoyable at the pro level or the college level than watching a team ground and pound, dude. Like watching an offensive line move, dudes. And then your back just goes through there and then pops a linebacker. It's the best part well, of football. That's man. the strength at Texas Tech, right? And offensive linemen hate pass blocking. They're passionate about running dudes over. Yeah. When you just know I've got to beat the out of this guy in front of me. Yeah. Life is so much simpler. I'm for real. Just get the guy in front of you and make his life hell. Yeah. And that's why you see when you have beefy dudes like Texas Tech, you have good line play and love it. There's no question about that. You have to leverage that. And I think now we saw when you go for 200 yards on the ground at Houston, we they you leverage that. Let's build on that now. Let's build on that now. Let Morton get comfortable and grow as a player. Yeah. And good things will happen. Certainly good things will happen. Michael, my business, um, who has a middle finger and it says, hey, Oklahoma, and it's a longhorn <laughs> with a middle finger. <laughs> 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 I Attaboy. love, and and again, this is what pisses me off about Bedlam. 
Yeah. No, and- I love the fact that we have a, a, a Oklahoma fan with, you know, it feels like horns Texas, down. Dude, Texas and Oklahoma fans feel like they're better sports about the rivalry than Okie State and Oklahoma. I'm sorry, who? Uh, OK State. Thank you. And Oklahoma. Right. Yeah, like, I, and, and, and you know what, dude? Like, it, it, you know, I have to say, like, a lot of people think my guy over here just hates Gundy. And it's not true. I don't. Like, Gundy's a, Gundy's a great guy. He definitely captures the energy in the room. Like, he's a legend in college football any way you slice it. Uh, would I like him to win more? Yes, but he doesn't. It's fine. He's still a legend. And and I think that, that uh, hey, if you don't want to play Bedlam, there's an issue, right? And obviously, it's coming to the end with realignment, but I just think that the mentality of, hey, I, I don't have much to say, and like just essentially not embracing it, that's the wrong way to go about it, Mike. 100%. And, and, and I, and, 100%. And, and, and I love that we get, you know, Sark talking about how, hey, it's a, it, I, I believe he said, you know, it's an absolute pleasure to be uh, uh, a part of this this week. It, it, you know, to see all he the did. fans and the and the heat and the energy. Like, dude, it's a special thing, and you got to have perspective, right? It's not I have to; it's I get to. And I feel like Mike's Mike's like, yeah, I have to play bet. Like, dude, come on, be better. Yep, uh, Michael, my business says y'all are the best sports show, hands down. Hook him. Hook him, boy. Hook him, boy. Appreciate you, Michael. Thanks for the $5. Let's see. Conference Commissioner Salty Drunk. Oh, okay. So Gumby's been replaced. Uh, What's up, guys? What's up? (laughs) How the heck are you? Good to see you, friend. You know what Um, you you should change your name to, dude? Don't do Conference Commissioner. Do Continent Commissioner. You are the Commissioner of Australia. Yeah, Continent Commissioner. Yeah, there's That's no, what you should do. no doubt about that. Jeff Whitworth, Gundy re, uh, Gumby rebranding. I love Gumby. I hope he's not gone. Uh, J.K. Marshall. Oh, it's true. What's true? I don't know. Uh, Cougar Tracks. Well, we will give you more airtime. Come back, Gumby. Like, there was this whole... And if you guys are Drama. new to the show or... We don't ban people on our channel. We don't. Usually, the comment section polices itself. We were talking about Oregon State and Washington State the other day, Mm -hmm. and Gumby kept putting in emojis only. I got to the bottom of this, by the way. Um, I went through his filtered comments, and all of his filtered comments were just emojis alone. Yeah. There were no words. It was just emoji, emoji. And it was like four emojis every time. If you comment the same thing over and over and over again. And there were about a hundred filtered comments with just emojis. So that must be a thing with YouTube because that's what got filtered the other day. Yeah, We don't block people. We don't filter people. We don't put people in timeout. That's all up to the, to the, to the filter at YouTube. It is what it is. So, you know, yeah. Blocking people for us is bad for business. 100%. We need people to watch. And even if you're like, hey, fat ass. Yeah, cool, man. Thank you for the comment. The, it's not fat. It's plump. Okay? Yeah. Hey, it is, I'm big boned. Hey, big <laughs> bone boy. Listen, man. That's great. Thank you for the comment. Aaron Wilson, O-line play has been decent, not great. Well. I think it's been dude, good. when you run it the way they ran it, I mean. And have been. The, it, the, it's never been that Chuck was running for his life. That just wasn't the case. I don't think Shuck's problems were related to necessarily the offensive line. Could could the offensive line always be better? Absolutely. I mean, and there's always stuff to critique. But I think that the thing that I'm not a big fan of with Shuck is that the chaos is he gets chaos. lost in the sauce, dude. 
I, he does. I, and, and when he runs around and like he he looks like sort of lost is too strong. He just looks like he's running for his life instead of you know some of the better quarterbacks in college football. They're running, but they're not like panicking. They're not you know it's not some wild thing. They're just running because that's what quarterbacks do. And then they I dump would it agree off. with that. And that's been my biggest thing with Texas Tech, and that's why I maintain. Yes, Tyler Shuck was a brand, and he was the dude. And coming into the year, man, they've got Tyler Shuck. My God. But he disappointed this year, unfortunately. So that's why I say for Joey McGuire and that coaching staff, it was a break how 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 things shook out. It yeah. absolutely was because now you can just seamlessly transition. There was no quarterback drama. It is what it is. And he says, uh, yeah, Jones apparently stole things from his ex while breaking or restraining. Or, yeah, Chandler Jones now – Late of the Raiders, they released him. He did this whole Aaron Hernandez was murdered, didn't commit suicide in jail, all this nonsense. And there was a fire burning in the background of the video. Yeah. Like he was outside his house burning a fire like people do. Well, yeah, it turns out allegedly those were his ex's possessions and he violated restraining order. And it's just, it's a terribly it's sad, sad situation. Dude. Yeah, it we talked sad. about it on the show. It is, it's terrible. Yeah. OG Gary, excuse me, it's the Lysanna State University, and it's Go Tigers. My bad. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Jim R says, Gumby in the transfer portal. I hope not. He's one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> Gonzalez says, why I see a Texas Tech running back running free, a Holgerson starts to smile when I see, yeah. Does Dana Holgerson make it at Houston? Mm, I don't think so, dude. It doesn't seem like the uh, vibes are there. It doesn't. It really it, does it, not. It seems I like he's right. really struggling in that. And and I love Dana. And he's a great dude. Talked to him at Big 12 Media Day. Like, great guy. Yeah. Uh, but it just, uh, it, the traction just hasn't been there yet. All right. Um, uh, Cougar Tracks has been a member for six months. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Says, thanks for the good times. Thank you. I yeah, appreciate you, times. man. Appreciate you. Love it. Uh, Jeff Woodworth. Uh, Gumby got in trouble for showing his beaver too many times. <laughs> exactly right. Um, let's see. Uncle Phil. Uncle Filthy. Uh, listen, you guys hey, play yeah, your here own Here we game. go, dude. You guys the, play your the, own you game, know what it is? You know what it is? I, I wish I had a, ch a chart we could throw up. The more, you, the more you F around, the more you find out. And it just is what it is, man. You want to put emojis in the chat, you're going to find out. Uh, LOL, Katie Raider, horns down. America, uh, Americans are winning against anorexia. I, listen, I'm living proof of that, you guys. <laughs> Although, I hit my all-time lowest weight again. And I only have like 22 pounds to go before Hawaii. I'm a man! So Let's go, baby. You know. Chuck B, uh, wait, do I change the spelling to Shab? Should, should be, should be, he, no, should be better. My bad. I'm being a jerk now. Uh, Big Dog O-Town, I got blocked all the time on Whitlock, and this show, they hate my comments. Because it's illegal. On this show, they, and this show, they hate my, I don't hate your comments. Why do, we don't, why would we hate your comments, dude? We read your comments every time. Yeah, you know. Uh, Jim R says, Hope Jones gets the help he needs. I, absolutely. For real. Uh, Dana might be better off just being an OC. I think he hates the recruiting and uh, other things that go with head coaching in college. Yeah, him and I had a long talk. You should go back on the channel. He, he, I do wonder that. I do wonder that. Uh, Uncle Filthy. 
Uh, I'll effing do it again, too. Go Beavs. Okay, do it again, man. Y'all feel me? Uh, Johnny Gonzalez saw some Rich Rodriguez coverage today on McAfee saying that he thinks Rich Rod gets another big job soon. Oh, I have no doubt. Rich Rodriguez is ready. He's out there. He's willing. And there are jobs that will become available, uh, you know, in the state of Michigan, particularly. Yeah, well, he's been there already, so you know. Hey, man, reunion, you know. <laughs> Our number two of the Monty Show is always presented by TridayTrading.com. Super stoked. Mrs. Monty's all fired up. She's in the Triday Trading program. Uh, she got introduced to her personal trading coach. Uh, this week, she's got homework this weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So she's fully in the program at Triday Trading. You guys, it is it is so game changing just from the beginning. Watching Mrs. Monty go through the program, they're serious about making you money. That's one of their main deals: is live the life that you've always dreamed of. Stop making excuses about why you struggle financially or why you have student loan debt or credit card debt, and start making the money that you've always talked about, dreamed about. Maybe it's a, a battle with yourself. I see so many people that don't want to talk about their money problems because they're either embarrassed or they're self-deprecating inside. Enough of that. Live your best life. Get to TridayTrading.com and sign up for their $10 30-day membership. What do you have to lose? In those 30 days, you're going to figure out if you're in or you're out. And at the end of those 30 days, if you're out, walk away clean. There's no obligation. You owe nothing. Just walk away. It's $10 that get that is given to charity, so it's a tax write-off because it's a $10 charitable donation. It's your education. It's a tax write-off. And when you graduate the Tri-Day Trading Program and you become a full-time trader, you're making $1,000 a day or more on average. If you want to keep your job and you're just looking to pay off your car, pay down your house, whatever it might be, day trade part-time. Part-time day traders who graduate the TridayTrading.com program, you guys are making three to $500 a day on average. Come on now, that's real money. That's six figures. That's a lot of bread that can change your life. Stop making excuses. Let's live the life we've all talked about. TridayTrading.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it. On the Monty Show on a football Friday. Where are we all at here? Uh, Harry Austin. What's up, Harry? I like spam. Too bad YouTube does not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I just, you know, the funny thing is like, I don't, I think people genuinely don't understand. And it's not, I think. I know people don't understand YouTube because a lot of people tell you, well, you guys have 39,000 subscribers. Like nobody watches your channel. Well, you know, we, um, we just got, uh, you know, a notice from YouTube that we have over 5 million views a month. Well, that can't be possible. You only have 39,000. <laughs> you don't get it. Well, you guys block people on YouTube. Why would I block anybody on YouTube? That costs me. How money. does that guys, help us? You understand that costs me money. When, when people can't see our channel, they don't watch our show, comment on our show. Like you're just right now, you're hitting the like button. When you hit the like button, that tells YouTube, hey, this is a good show. Let's show more people. Please. Uh, oh, hey, look at they get over 3,000 comments a day. A lot of people are interacting and liking the show and they're commenting. Let's show it to more people. And so people are like, oh, you just didn't like all the Oregon State fans. I want every Oregon State fan to come in and comment. Leave all of your beaver. Put your beaver all over my channel, friends. Yes, all the beef, dude. Let's do. I'm here for the beef. Uh, a lot. 
it's not bad for me. I, why do I care? Like it just, people are so naive about how this stuff works. Dakota Tubbs, how how don't we have a jagoff comment yet? Yeah, it's it, our two fellas. Yeah, I'm saying, I, I don't know, dude. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You guys got to show up every day. I mean, Friday's not an off day, man. You know what I mean? Like, like, come on, dude. Where, where are we at here? You know. Where's um, Casey Anthony at? Matt Ritson for $2. I take Gumby command over duck season any day. Any day. <laughs> Whatever duck happened season. to duck Holy season? Holy crap. Uh, we haven't had a duck season sighting in probably Ages. a year now. Yeah. Uh, Tanner Plummer. What's up, Tanner? Poor Gumby. Uh, I remember last year someone reported me and I got blocked. Yeah, and Tanner flipping melted down. Why did you guys block me? What did I ever do to you? Ah! I don't break the rules. We don't block people. Because it's illegal. <laughs> um, Please, it was, coach. It was a dark time, LOL. <laughs> it was probably because I was making uh, a, a tangerine Twitter machine too much. Yeah, mm. I, would, I would do that. Mm. But thank you for being a member of the show for nine months, Tanner. So you are, I said, uh, yeah. Tanner's one of our best longtime listeners. Appreciate that. $1,600 a month for an RS7. Geez, that's crazy, but it's an RS7. Yeah, you got to put it on scale, though, bro. $1,600 a month when you make it a certain amount. Yeah, you, you know, really, it's not, you know. You know. Uh, Jansen says fried spam sandwich with mayo and ketchup is amazing. Bro, no. Dude, it's Friday. It, it, this show has... <laughs> Friday shows definitely have their own vibe. You know, Mike Smith, uh, there's a lot of people who watch a YouTube channel or show that are not subscribers. Tons. Tons. We get more views from non-subscribers than actual subscribers. 64% of our views are from people who are not subscribed. Yeah. Uh, OG Gary says, pause. Yeah. Um, Aaron Wilson says, hit the like button, casuals. Yeah, let's let's give you some noon bears. Uh, we only have 73 likes and 3,000 views on the show today. So, yeah, if you guys could hit the like button, that'd be great. Gonzalez says, rip McNamara. Yeah, well, unfortunately, you leave Michigan and bad things happen, right? Um, Aaron Wilson, show me your beaver. Don't. That's a felony. Scock. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, this is the wrong show to be here for the beef. Too many dudes in the chat. No, my <laughs> bad. My bad. Uh, OG Gary, already read that one. Sorry, boys. Domer Wop, what's up? Oop, I forgot to hit the like button. Thanks for the reminder. $1,600 a month is a mortgage. Okay. OG Gary, my Audi is trying to sell me an RS7. My guy at Audi. Dude, I love Audis. Do, you, do an RS3, man. Don't do an RS7. RS7's overkill. You don't need I don't a, think you need it. No. I don't think you need no, an, an RS3. RS3 is way more fun. Uh, how did Dabo ever become a name? I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it might be those national championships he won. I mean, you know, other than that. Like... Or your parents don't like you. We uh, built this program on NIL. Big Dog Oton, I know YouTube blocks me. They threatened to take my channel down because of Whitlock being fragile. Don't like that Coach Prime hater. Well, hey, man, everybody's what, got their bro, own flavor. What did, what did, dude, did you, you went in on Whitlock in the comments section, bro. Come on now. Come did, on, OG. Did you really get blocked? That's funny. Uh, Taylor Gaddy says 600 is a mortgage. Where is this? No, no. He was saying 1600, 1600 is a mortgage. Yeah, it is. I, I can, I mean, not any, that. not anymore, but it was, uh, Arnon Gad says, get a Tesla. Mm. Mm, yeah. I don't want my brain to explode from Neuralink in the Tesla. Okay, dude, we're going to tell that in about an hour in non-sports stories. My God, dude. wait until you hear about the macaques. Cause it's bad, dude. Like it's. It is not good. Just Google search Neuralink monkeys. 64% of your view are from Jagoffs that haven't hit the subscribe button. Seriously. 
Seriously. I don't really get it. You know, uh, Mike, whoa, comment on Monty must be a happy Chicago Bears fan over Washington. Okay. Do you, should we talk about this now or you want to talk about it later? Talk about it now. Dude, are we ready? What are we, what are we, where are we at on Justin Fields? Because I think there's at least been progress. But why has there been progress? Why has there been progress? If we're we're being honest. What are you you saying? I'm saying that there's only been progress because they changed the way the game is being called. They know reset. That's why there's progress. How do you you mean? Like the offensive game plan? Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator of the Bears, has -hmm. allowed Justin Fields to just play the kind of game he wants to play. And I think as a Chicago Bears fan, the difference is notable. You know what else is notable? Hey, your offensive coordinator quit. Now the head head coach, Matt Eberdouche, um, <laughs> who is a renowned defensive coordinator, is actually coordinating the defense now. Oh. And, oh. and the defense has been far better. Who the hell knew? And it, it just... Te- if you look at the best teams in the, the San Francisco 49ers, mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan is a offensive juggernaut yeah and when you want to win a super bowl hire an offensive guy and go and get dan quinn matt eberflus go get one of the best defensive minds to coordinate your defense yeah because you don't win with defense in this league you win with offense and when you have justin fields you need an offensive mind as your head coach i've never understood it and to this day i do not how do you invest in a quarterback and then hire a defensive coordinator? <coughs> How? How do you do that? How do you invest in a quarterback and build a system that plays to his weaknesses, not his strengths? How dare you? How do you do that? And you know the crazier thing? That's exactly what they're doing to Dak in Dallas. They're not playing to Dak's strengths. They are not. They were not playing to uh, Zachy Poo's strength with the Jets. And then all of a sudden, Zachy Poo said, screw it, I'm going to roll the pocket and I'm going to throw the football and they're going to start calling that more. And now what are they doing? They are not asking Zach Wilson to stand in the pocket. They are not asking Justin Fields to stand in the pocket. They're allowing them to move into freelance. They're calling design runs for Justin Fields. And who knew? Now listen, I'm just, you know, little big, old Monty I'm just here. little old big bone Monty on the on the YouTube machine. Right. If you have DJ Moore and he's one on one, guys Dude, put your relax. hands at ten relax. and two. Hands at ten and two. If you have DJ Moore and he's one on one, you might want to throw him the football. I I know. I know it's wild. <laughs> It's we so did we did. it is so frustrating to me. You gotta admit, they found him good last night, though. They did because he threw him the football. Yeah. Now yeah. Terry McLaurin cost me a hundred bucks last night. <sighs> no doubt. No doubt. It is what it is. It's just fine. Uh Kevin the Destroyer says, Oh say can Dude. you Okay, sorry. Don't play intramurals, brother. He wanted to sing the national anthem. Uh, Alex Crows, the post-game speech from Eberflus after the game last night was very much a Buzz Killington moment. Because it's garbage. He's not. I don't need a speech a from Buddy. Coach. He's he's not a head. He's just because you're a head coach doesn't make you a head coach. Now their defense was very good last night. Yeah. 
but it was a really bad offense. It's a defense. Let's not kid ourselves. Cougar tracks. Mike Butkus, one of the best bears ever. I've never heard of Mike Butkus. Who the hell is Mike Butkus? I've. Oh, you mean Dick Butkus. Bro, you did not. Bro, dude, I love you, man. Seriously, I, I'm not trying to come down on you with this, but. Dude, like, how, I'm. How did I'm, you get Dick okay, Butkus wrong? Listen, I'm, I'm two holes, right? I'm the guy that. Hasn't been alive long enough to know a ton of all these 80s references that all the old heads in the and chat routinely do, right? gets, And routinely says stupid stuff like Mike Buckus. Right, right. So I'm that guy on the show. Even I know it's not Mike Buckus. His name is Dick for a reason. Dick Buckus. Living legend. Well, not anymore. Legend. Let's move on. He's dead. God. Uh, Johnny Gonzalez, the Chase Claypool trade with the Dolphins made all the difference last night. Another Eberflus disaster. But yeah, all that. get rid of him. That was smart. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Dixon, dumb ownership of the Bears need to sell to smarter owners. Never going to happen. The McCaskies are what, 37 generations deep at this point? Facts. That's never happening. Uh, Jim Art, the uh, beloved Bears, the beloved Need an enema. Frustrating watch annually, seriously. Joseph uh, says Magic Johnson ripped the commanders for the way they Who played cares? against the Bears. Well, I mean, if Magic's God. upset, we better make wholesome. He's one of those guys. I'm like, dude, nobody cares. Honestly. Like, like I don't care what Magic has to say. I go away. Yeah. And, Just enjoy retirement, man. And I am a casual observer of Meyer and we, the Chicago... Well, actually, I was going to say the L.A. Lakers. Like, you're the one that walked into the ownership office of the Lakers last summer, or was that two summers ago, and, like, tried to play GM, and that didn't really work out for you. So, come on, man. Magic shot, yeah. Mm. Big Dog O-Town, I see progress in Justin, but I need consistency. Sometimes the system helps or hurts the QB, I do believe. Agreed. Correct. Agreed. Uh, Conference Commissioner Salty Drunk, I'm sorry. I thought you said Big Bone, Monty. No, that's what she said. Oh, uh, okay. See what I what I what I did there. Stay hard. You know. Okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. Jansen, I I had Justin on my bench for fantasy. I want to cry the whole game. Damn. I tried to tell people last night. My bad. I played him in prize picks. I played Stud, DJ Moore dude. in prize picks. Stud. I played Montez Sweat in prize picks. Cash, 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 cash. It was awesome. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, I hate DJ Moore. He killed me in fantasy last night. I love DJ Moore, man. That's my guy. Bigfoot Duck, a member for six months. Man. Let's go. Okay. Uh, I was waiting for the Bears to blow the game. You and I both. You, you and I both. You and I both. Brandon Butler. What's up, Brandon? While I was pleased with Fields' progress, he isn't going to last a season running off the edge like that. Yeah. How many how many of us were like, oh boy, another lineman fell on Justin Fields? Oh boy. Oh my. Oh boy, that's a huge shot he took from a linebacker. And they just kept, you know, they just kept going and going and going and going. And that's cool, man. You guys, you do you. I just am not, you know, I don't know. The Bears are the Bears. Yeah. As long as Matt Eberflus is the head coach, this offense is going to be punished. Um, it's as simple as that. You, you, does anybody want to go back and look at how many games have you won since the Khalil Mack trade? Um, how many games have you won since the Roquan deal? You, you can't tackle. And 
somehow, some way last night you got to the quarterback because you weren't doing that either. Was that the the commanders or was that the Bears? I don't know and I don't care. You know. But you got rid of Roquan and Khalil Mack because you said we weren't good enough. Mm. And you didn't want to pay anybody because who are you, the Chicago Cubs? Yeah. <coughs> you didn't want to pay anybody. <coughs> I mean, I, I'm mm. Christopher Shannon, Monty just protecting himself from a future letdown. There is no question. I mean, that's question. true, dude. No doubt. Tanner Plummer, Washington has a good offense. Kudos to Chicago's defense for holding them to 20 points. Well, you, how many passes did, they, did Washington drop in the fourth <coughs> quarter? Not thrown to Terry McLaurin, by the way. Thank you. Uh, they dropped a lot. A lot. Like, I think four uh, drops in the fourth quarter. In the last two drives, Brutal. four drops. Terrible. Brutal. Terrible. Uh, Johnny Gonzalez, Herbert knee, Herbert knee, let her M down, OG Gary. Okay. Listen, yeah, man. sure, dude. Again, day drinking is fine. It's not encouraged, but it's fine. Boyd Lake, the SEO king of America. Says, yo, bros. Yo, boy. Good Sad to see dude. you. Hey, guys. Good to see you. Uh, Christopher Shannon, you see the player's knee bend backwards. Ooh. Oh, that was rough, bro. I mean, there is such a thing. Oh, Herbert. Yeah. Ooh. That was an ankle. And he should not have come back in the game. No, no, he's talking about. Uh, no, he's talking about the college football player. The video no, for going the Bears around. last night. Okay. For the bit, the running back Fields had a wide open running back in the flat. He was under pressure, threw it low, and Herbert fell back on his knee, and it turned out his ankle. That's what everybody was. That was. I don't know how. How do you not tear ligaments doing that? Do they do yoga? Apparently. I would think. Kerry Lee, what's up, Kerry? Dick Buckus and Ray Nitschke, two of the best linebackers out of the University of Illinois. Rest in peace. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Tanner Plummer, so what drop balls in the fourth quarter? Give credit where credit is due. Hey, man. If they catch those balls, how close is this game? Much closer. If they make that field goal. If they make that field goal. Washington didn't execute last night. Good, bad, indifferent. Washington didn't execute. Can I encourage those who are not members of the program to consider joining? Great way to support these two legends. Appreciate that. Thank you. Green Street Ute, who is a member. Uh, are Cam and Kyle really dropping public shots at each other? Don't like this injury debate spilling into the public. This is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. So Cam Rising, as we told you on the show yesterday, went and did an interview. And much to the chagrin of Kyle Whittingham, he laid it all out there that he blew his entire knee capsule out. Um, that he, it, it is wild to me that Cam Rising, the quarterback at the University of Utah, who does not by policy talk about injuries pretty much ever. Right. And when they do, usually Witt talks about season ending injuries only. Kyle Whittingham, the head coach at Utah. Yeah. And then he'll be like, yeah, you know, he he popped his eyeball out. He's done for the year. Hey, is that a torn retina? Yeah, you know, I, it's just an eyeball. He's got an eyeball. He's out for the year. They don't talk about injuries. And they have not talked about this knee injury. And for the longest time, wouldn't even say it was a knee injury. And Cam has been taking a beating about why he's not been playing. So he went on. ESPN 700 in Salt Lake City 
and said, yeah, I haven't been playing because I blew my entire knee capsule out. <coughs> All three ligaments, the ACL, the MCL, the PCL, and he had a significant cartilage injury. That's like a nine to 10 month injury. And it makes perfect sense why he hasn't played. Yeah. You know how hard it is to come back from that? Like it is very difficult to come back from that. Very, very difficult to come back from that. And so it's been going, it's been, it's been going around. And I understand why Kyle Whittingham is not at all thrilled that Cam is talking about this. Because I wouldn't want him talking about it either. And I have to be honest with you, all of this drama around Cam's knee, I'm tired, man. He'll play when he's ready to play. Let the guy live his best rehabbing life. Do you think Brant Keithy doesn't want to be on the field? Do you think Cam Rising doesn't want to be on the field? Do you know how much money those dudes are giving away not being on the field? Those are NFL prospects. Do you understand how good Brant Keithy is? Do you understand what a stud Brant Keithy is? I don't think you do. I, I truly do not. Mm -hmm. And it's wild to me that, that Cam Rising and Brant Keithy are taking heat over this. It's ridiculous. They're college kids. And yet we just don't believe them or it's dumb. Yeah, I think that the the thing is is that Utah has obviously been very successful the last two seasons under Cam Rising. And, you know, obviously Brant played a big role in that. And they had a formula. And I think Utah fan and the fan base definitely is an emotional fan base. Like, you know, they they've got a reputation about them. And I think when there's a question about a guy's availability and why he is or is not playing and what, what the deal is and there's drama around it, dude, the fan base is going to be relentless. And so the media starts asking questions. And what are we? This is week six in college football. And Cam's been withholding for, you know, answering questions for how long now? More than six weeks, I can tell you that. It's been several months of this at this point. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that there's drama between Cam Rising and Kyle Whittingham. I am happy to agree that Kyle Whittingham probably was not pleased Cam did this interview and talked about the injury because obviously Utah is so steadfast on not talking about injuries. But I have to say, like, dude, if he blew his knee out, I don't know why, even, like, when it happened. Like, I'm not even talking about this season. I'm just saying, like, like why, why did we shy away from, hey, like, like, Cam's out, man. Like, he blew his knee out. Like, this is a really – but, like, we don't shy away from that. A lot of other programs, I should say, don't really shy away from it when it's, like, three ligaments and car – like, this isn't, like, a sprained ankle and we're playing games around it. I mean, this dude, like, this is a significant injury. This is not playing around type injuries. So, I think that's what the drama kind of is. Like, why this was sort of – why – because the fans, I can tell you firsthand, just based – and Twitter's probably not a great measuring stick, but – you know, you see all the talk about fans felt like, oh, well, there was this expectation that, you know, Cam was going to be back inside the first couple of weeks of the season and Nate Johnson and company. But set by who? I, I don't know. That's kind of what I was asking on the program yesterday. Like, I don't know where that expectation came from, but that was definitely the expectation. And so I think there was this, okay, hey, 
first couple of weeks of the year, you know, non-con schedule portion, he's not going to play and we'll be fine. But then we're going to get into Pac-12 play and we're going to have Cam back and the boys are back and everything's cool. So I don't know. But that's why this is happening. And then there is this Kinzano story today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 I'm worn out on John Kinzano's bullshit. I'll just be honest with you. I, I just don't have, I don't have the energy to continually tell you just how wrong John Kinzano is all of the time. And people, I, I understand why you read him and believe him. And I understand why people want to come in. I've seen all your questions in the com- comment section um, about, hey, did you see? Hey, did you hear? John Canzano, in my opinion, here's Carl Adams asking the question, among others. John Canzano, in my opinion, is one of the most fraudulent sourcing people in the country. I think John Canzano has been wrong so often on the Pac-12 media rights situation. I think John Canzano, in my opinion, has very few sources, almost none. He he is the same guy who told you that SMU was going to give the Pac-12 $100 million to bail them out of the Comcast situation. He's the same guy that was telling you that the deal was coming and it was going to be $50 million. And now today, John Canzano wrote a piece saying that Taylor Randall at Utah is the guy who demanded $50 million from ESPN, which is completely and utterly false. We have reported on this. I have told you guys about this repeatedly. And the thing that wears me out about the great radio wizard in the Northwest is everybody buys it hook, line, and sinker. And the guy, in my opinion, is a complete and utter fraud. He does not have sources. He does not know what he's talking about because Taylor Randall did not, he is not the guy who came up with $50 million. The Pac-12 had a consulting firm who took, and we, I have detailed this on the show, the Pac-12 had a consulting firm. The consulting firm went to the, big, uh, the Pac-12 board of directors and essentially told them, hey, the Big Ten is getting $100 million. How would you guys feel about $50 million? Taylor Randall said, yeah, I think that's a good number. Yeah, that would be tremendous. I think we, if, if that's available, as it was explained to me by people at Utah, hey, if that number's available, we should absolutely pursue it. In no way, shape, or form did Taylor Randall say, we're worth $50 million and I demand you go and get that. That never happened. That never happened. And I think that's the kind of game we see played by Gonzano consistently. It's like, it's like, oh, like I'm like it, it happened one way, but then for whatever reason, still, and this is what I said when realignment in the Pac-12 ended, right? Hey, guys like Kanzano are going to continue to put out articles on this because that's all they have, right? Like John this Kins- is it. John Kanzano didn't lead the news cycle on Damian Lillard's trade situation, even though he's in Portland. John Kanzano was not relevant during the Oregon-Colorado situation. Nobody was talking about John Kanzano. 
And so my point is like, I don't, I don't even know, John, this isn't personal for me. I judge you based off your work and based off of the fact that you're trying to spin a story to make Taylor Randall look selfish and look, you know, you're really looking silly. for a scapegoat. Yeah. John seriously. Canzano, who's been wrong at every turn. I would remind you, he's the guy who allowed George Klyavkov to come on his podcast and do the back of the envelope calculations. Back of the envelope calculations. Which again, turned out to be completely wrong mm. and never asked him a counter question. And what did I tell you about Taylor Randall and that $50 million figure? Taylor Randall is, is by everybody's regard. And again, I wanna point this out, not to say, oh, well, who you think you what? We got our ass chewed out by the people at Utah over this. And I want to make that real clear. They were not happy that we talked about this. Taylor Randall was a peacemaker, a conduit, a communications facilitator. Taylor Randall essentially said, hey, that $50 million is a, is a great place. If we can get there, that's awesome. Why don't we negotiate off of that number? Which I have to tell you, if you're trying to get 30, because now, as we've also reported on this show, their drop-dead number was $30 million. I think 9 out of 10 universities, and the one was, was Colorado, I think 9 out of 10 universities here would have stayed for $25 million guaranteed. Mm -hmm. I think the mistake and the responsibility for the $50 million number lays at the feet of the consulting agency hired and empowered by George Klyavkov. And how many times do I have to say it on this show? George Klyavkov told nobody what he was doing. George Klyavkov was not the guy who was out front saying, hey, here's where we are, here's the best offer. That's not what he was doing. We reported that on this show for the better part of 10 months. We told you that. What's the great radio wizard up in the Northwest reporting today? Oh, yeah, he was, you know, um, George Klyavkov, who all of a sudden is not his buddy and isn't on his podcast. Now, notice that. All of a sudden, the great radio wizard in the Northwest is reporting that he kept things close to the vest. <laughs> Oh, uh, just breaking news that only your sources had, right? Oh. John Canzano's a fraud. In my opinion, he is a fraud with no sources who's been wrong at every turn. He's wrong at every turn. He was, how, go and find me where he was the leading news source on something. Because I can point to guys like Jason Shear in Arizona. Had breaking news often. I can point to, to John Wilner, I can point to Ross Dellinger. Had breaking news, had the news first. How many times did we beat the national media by weeks? Yeah. Weeks. How many times did John Canzano do that? How many times was he the, the single source? Yet where is he? He's, on, he's being quoted everywhere. John Canzano doesn't, in my opinion, have sources. John Canzano, in my opinion, is a complete fraud who is not credible, who's 100% wrong about Taylor Randall in this case. Yeah, and if I was Taylor Randall, I'd be upset about that. Like, it's... And it, by the way, by the way, uh, the other thing no one's talking about with this, 
is, uh, yeah, President Kose up at Washington adamantly denied the whole $50 million thing in terms of her, her being on board with that. And nobody knew, dude. This was George Klyovkov and that firm's doing. You, you, you understand what this firm did. George said, okay, I'm going to bring in a firm because we as a conference and, and really as a board need to understand what our value is in the TV landscape slash market. Hey, what is our conference worth to TV partners? So we, you bring a firm in who's like... Sports yeah. media advisors. Yeah, boy, you guys are worth $50 million a year per school. Dude, what are you talking about? Like, that's the thing. Do you really think, do you really think the likes of Taylor Randall and not so much, but by extension, Mark Harlan, do you think those two individuals would really be like, yeah, we're worth $50 million a year uh, right now? As a, Hard line, like, $50 on, million. Dollars. Hard like, line. Get out of here. It, it, And that's why I say, like, dude, understand who's writing the article understand the angle, understand what they have to lose. Because that's what no one talks about with John. With all due respect to yeah. John. Green Street Ute. Uh, Taylor Randall essentially said there was no way the Pac-12 could get more than $50 million. That was the ceiling, not the basement. Yeah. I, like Taylor Randall at no time was the guy. It's so frustrating to me. Because it, look at Taylor Randall's career. Compare and contrast it to Kirk Schultz. When has Taylor Randall had sit-ins? When has Taylor Randall had riots on campus about the irresponsible spending? When is he, like, it's wild to me that you can look at Taylor Randall, who is one of the, I think, the elites in the country as far as administrators and in, in, in academics. And what did he do? He went and hired, who is arguably the best athletic director west of the Rockies and might be in the country. Mm -hmm. And Mark Harlan. Like, he's always had people around him who know better than he what he does not know. He puts people around him who can answer the questions he doesn't have answers to. Taylor Randall is smart enough to understand what he doesn't understand. Yes. Yet you get guys like John Canzano who just continually say the wrong thing all the time. Yeah. And I all think, the time. You know, if you read his work, like, you can, you can, it, it, it almost, it, it almost smells of desperation for a story. Like, anybody notice how quiet realignment's gotten? Man. Anyone notice how, like, chilled out that topic's become? Like, the ACC thing kind of has calmed down. Like, you don't hear Florida State making statements anymore. Like, we're not getting anything out of the Pac-12 hey at this point. Hey, hey, by like, the way, it's October 6th. Waiting on that Clemson news. Right? Like, <laughs> like oh, my God, the ACC is melting down Clemson's. Okay, yeah, sure. It's been two weeks, dude. Where you at? Where you at? And, and that's what I think people don't want to talk about. So, again, I don't know John Canzano. I know it's his work, dude. I know his work. And his work is not up to snuff. It does not pass the sniff test, man. It, it it just doesn't. And that's the hard part. Grant of rights is done. Yeah. How'd that yeah, work Yeah, you guys out? remember that? Grant Tw of tweeting. rights is done. Grant Pac-12 grant of rights is done. Expect news in the morning. Oh, that's right. That same morning, the conference dissolved. Like, oh, okay. Okay. I, I'm so over this whole thing, dude. I'm just over it.
Uh, I'm done with it. I don't care. Let John Canzano do his thing. He has whatever his website is, and I think he still does a radio show. Congratulations, John. I wish you nothing but the best. Please, please, please live in live in absolute happiness, and I hope you thrive. And I hope I never have to talk about you again. Because I, I, I just, yeah, it's, it's annoying. Yes, these guys are annoying. Okay, well, I appreciate the comment. Thank you. Um, let's see. David Portnoy. I'm pretty sure Portland people have been telling him for years he just hangs up, but it happened all the time. I have no idea. Big Dog O-Town. Anyone with common sense knows that George Mann is the reason the Pac-12 is in the history books. I, uh, for now. Well, for now. Facts. Right. Exactly. Jeff Woodworth. Kleovcock needed Karen at Endeavor. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, GK and the main consultant were the only people who knew the whole deal until it was revealed in August. Totally agree. Wild. Chuck B. And nine paragraphs into Crapzano's email, he says not to dredge up the past. Mm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Boyd Lake. Cam and Keithy could likely get an extra year of eligibility. Tough for this year, but there could be a silver lining in it. I just think age is a huge factor. Um, I think Cam as a quarterback, I'm not saying he's old, but he's certainly not a 19-year-old kid. Yeah. I look at Brand Keithy, he should be in the NFL already. He's not. I think it's awfully difficult. The problem is when you have an injury like he had and like they've had, it puts a lot of question marks in NFL talent evaluators' minds. As it's it already, should. It's already tough to make the league, and now you have significant injuries I, I think they, they both would like to play. Yeah. Jimmy Yotson, the deal died because UW and uh, Oregon were never going to sign an all-streaming deal with Apple, and that's all they had. Yeah, and why do you think nobody was bought into the deal? Because nobody knew what the deal was. Like I just have never understood why media like this guy and other guys, why do they get so invested in one side of a story that they just won't come off of it? I, I like what what stake do we have in the in the Pac-12 success or failure? Uh, like, there's no stake for us in it. There, there's no stake in the Big 12 or the Big 10 or the SEC or the ACC. Yeah, it's all news. We're all going to be able to talk about it. The thing I don't understand is is you know all these people reporting that the Big 12 just cannot wait to invite Oregon State and Washington State. Why are you so invested in that? It, it it until it happens, it ain't happening. It, but you get you get all these people that get so leveraged over it, and you wind up in these situations where you're writing pieces that are revisionist history. Yep. And I don't understand it. Yep. Conference commissioner uh, salty drunk. Call me ignorant, but it seems like there is a constant off field politics in football. Constant. Well, yeah, I mean football is constant. Dude, football is. <laughs> Football, don't get this twisted, man. It's the old adage, right? Might oh. do a show, but we're a sales company type deal. Football, you might play football, but you're a money-making entity. That's that's what all college football is. And so when you have drama, you know, it, it's going to rage. And, and, and again, it's why I say, like, you understand, like, you look at Texas and Oklahoma, you understand how much money is run through that event? Like, for the surrounding communities and, like, you know, the Cotton Bowl, obviously, and, like, you know, like there's so much there. Like that's why there's drama here because again, 
for the Pac-12 as a conference, because you have the NCAA, you've got the College Football Playoff Committee, which is not under the NCAA. It's kind of on its own little island here. And then you've got conferences. The Pac-12 is a business unto itself. And then you have all these little businesses under that. Yeah. So that's why there's drama. Yeah, I don't know, man. It is what it is, right? Uh, thanks for the insightful comment, ES. Well, hey, man. ES, you're entitled to your opinion. Thanks for the comment. We appreciate you dropping that. Cam is almost 30. Let the guys under him shine. Yeah, I, I, for both, in both instances, I just hope Cam Rising does not leave Utah with, with bad feelings or harsh feelings. Because I'm, I'm curious which way this should go. Mike Smith, uh, Monty should be celebrating the Bears winning, but instead he's talking about Kinzano. Yeah, he's probably getting too much breath. You know. Uh, Boyd Lake, Cam's not BYU old. Tanner says he's not BYU old, but he'll do. Exactly. <laughs> Alex Reyes, since July of last year, I expected the Big 12 to, or the Pac 12 to collapse. I was surprised the conference actually got somewhat close to surviving. And I don't think it's over yet. Yeah. Either. I, I don't think it's over yet either. I think the brand will survive. Yeah, it's 100% not over. I, I yeah. this, is, this is just the next chapter. So, again, you have this massive year year and some change chapter of how we, you know, media deal, media deal, Klyavkov, all this drama with all the schools. And now that that's kind of come to a close, now we've moved along to, okay, well, there's two schools left. Are they going to merge with the Mountain West? Or are they going to be able to merge with the Mountain West, that is, because they got to settle this legal thing with the other 10 remaining schools. And until that gets done, which it should be done in the next two weeks at most, because you need to get it done, until that's done, you're 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 in a stalemate. You can't do anything. And that's what's difficult. So instead, like, again, here's my point. Let's write about that. Let's stop writing about who burned down the Pac-12, because it's pretty clear how that all went down. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, because I think there's a lot to talk about. Uh, Streeter, at this point, Rising just needs to fully heal and prep for the combine. Not sure what he stands to gain by playing four or five games with more injury of risk. I, I don't Completely disagree agree. with that at all. Yeah. Hinata, um, Hinata, on the drive with Spence Check, it's him and Chris Kamrani. We're talking about fake media members and hacks on YouTube again. Hey, man. Great. I love it. I love it. Let us be the hacks on YouTube who have two and a half times your audience, man. More than that. Like, I, I love it. I have no problem with that. Uh, Dakota, can we talk about uh, who burned down Lawrence? Okay. Okay. Conference Commissioner Salty Drunk. I won't be jumping off the TT Wagon AW. Okay. Te uh, Texas Tech, he means. Uh, Texas is, the, is closest to Australia in the U.S. Is it really? Okay. All right, let's get to some games. How about that? The Monty Show, as always, is presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Uh, the best injury attorneys in the business, guys, if you have been in an accident, whether it's a car accident, motorcycle accident, bicycle, um, certainly if you've gotten hurt at work, call The Advocates, get online. You can actually chat with a, a, an attorney for free 24-7, 365 at theadvocates.com. See, because you never reach into your pocket to pay The Advocates. No, friends. At The Advocates... You don't pay unless and until they win your case. And what that means is when you get a settlement, that's when you pay the advocates. If they don't win your case, you don't pay the advocates a penny. Call them today. Get online, theadvocates.com. Chat with an attorney. Make sure you tell them you heard about it. On the Monty Show, 
Uh, K-State, Oklahoma State tonight, 6.30 ESPN. I'm a man! How good is Will Howard? I think this is a huge question because I think he is one of the, the underrated quarterbacks in the country. We hear all about, you know, in the, in the Big 12, you hear all about Quinn Ewers. You hear all about Gabriel Daniels. But are we hearing enough about Will Howard? Does Will Howard get the run that he deserves? I would tell you I don't think he does. His durability, I think his ability to run, I think his ability to throw, the way that he integrates the the backs and the tight ends into the offense at K-State, I think is an absolute game changer. Jake, I think he is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the country. Yeah, and, and I think you know he, he has the size you need to be a prolific quarterback uh, from the pocket, and I think that's what makes him different. He understands, like, and again, I know we've referenced it before. Go listen to the interview we did with him last week because I thought it was really impressive. Like, listening to him talking about, hey, the defense was trying to do this here and that there, and we had to make adjustments that way because of this particular play. Like, the guy gets the game. He understands the nuance, and I think that allows him to be incredibly effective from the pocket. Now, can he run? Absolutely, he can run. He 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 can run for touchdowns. He can run for that first down. Like he is mobile enough to make the defense respect him. And I think that's what makes him dangerous. But I I love Will Howard because he can play from the pocket. A lot of college quarterbacks have to run around to be effective. Will doesn't need to do that. And he understands how to change his protection to maximize the running back, which I think is huge in college football. You see so many guys who have no idea, like, hey, is the blitz coming from the slot? Are they coming here or there? How can I move my back around? How can I change the protection? Like, Will Howard is that guy mentally, and I think that's what allows K-State on a Friday night to go uh, on the road and get the job done, right? That's what allows them to have that confidence heading into a hostile environment. Yeah, and I I just am not convinced that Oklahoma State can score enough to stay with um, K-State. And, you know, the Wildcats have been pretty darn balanced on offense. And I think that's why when you, you look at, you know, my prize picks for tonight, it is it is a lot centered on this game. You look at Will Howard over 249. I think Ben Sinnott is one of the, the, the guys that's going to end up being an effective NFL tight end. And I think it's because he is a really soft receiver of the football. Uh, I think DJ Giddens has been really, really solid the last couple of weeks for them. And I think a lot of it rests on the fact that their offensive line is athletic. Um, Their offensive line gives Will Howard the time. They also do a really good job of, you know, that the idea that your offensive linemen are all running left for the sole purpose of a, of a counter run back is pretty phenomenal. They do it in time and in space, and Giddens has been very effective in that. And I think that's going to have to continue for K-State to win tonight. But I don't even think this is about this is about Oklahoma State I, or K-State. I think it's all about Oklahoma State, and I just don't have confidence um, that, you know, like it, it, Ollie Gordon's not running for 120 yards on K-State. No. I cannot believe that happens. You're going to have to have it to win, and you had better keep feeding him because I think that's the only way you can control the clock and keep the game close. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's clear that, at least to me anyway, that K-State is is a cut above Oklahoma State. But I think that the thing for Oklahoma State is is 
they do have fight in them. And I, and I think that they will make you pay if you make mistakes. But again, that's what, again, uh, not to wax poetic about Will, but, but he doesn't typically make that really egregious mistake or like he takes care of the football. Like he talked in the interview we did with him all about how, you know, coach Kleiman, you know, says, Hey, like keep us on schedule and, and don't make the silly turnover. So, Hey, you know, they, they run a lot of zone option, right? Yes. And Will has the ability to choose whether obviously because it's option, choose whether to hand that thing off or look for his receiver, you know, eight yards down the field. And Will understands, okay, based on what the defense has given me in this run option, I'm going to hand it off or I'm going to pass it. And typically when he passes it, even in tight coverage, it's right on the money. So that's why I say when you go on the road with a quarterback like that and you can stop the run on defense, you should win the game. And that's why I say I don't think this is really a discussion about what, who's going to win the game. It's by how much and what the over-under is going to be in this one. And I think the biggest issue for Oklahoma State is the way you beat K-State is you throw the ball on them. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't have a quarterback, so how are you going to accomplish that? Seriously. Because this defense is not bad. Their secondary is not great. And to beat K-State, you got to throw the ball, and Oklahoma State can't do that. Yeah. And I, I look at the, the other metrics, and I, I look at the way that this game probably shakes out, and I think it's probably a 10- to 14-point win for K-State. And I think that is – covering that 11-and-a-half is a big one. Um, I think there's some question in that. But this this feels like a 28-12, like 28-14 kind of game. Um, and I think K-State's going to win it comfortably. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say low 30s for K-State. I think you've had the bye week. You're prepared. You know, you're ready to you're go. You're rested. You're healthy. You're, you're healthy. You know, specifically for Will, obviously. Again, and we joked to them, but but you know, he had a quote unquote leg injury, which didn't really look like much of an injury. He ran well. He he ran well, but he's going to be healthy. So to me, I, I I I look at this and I say, okay, this is probably 31, 35 points for K State. Okie State's probably you know. 17, 21, something like that. If you can't throw like the ball, you're not beating K-State. Yeah, yeah. and, and obviously we've seen what they can't do. Aaron Wilson, I'm confident K-State dominates. Conference commissioner, salty drunk. Third hour, traditionally NBA hour, all right. We've got some James Harden to the Clippers today. Who? Uh, it, I'm sorry, James Larden to the Clippers Thank today. You. Elaine Tran, Okie State will be winless. I can see it too. Ooh. Uh, Kim Coulter, Elaine, KU without Daniels is a below average team. They are. Agreed. He is a special, special player. Mike Smith, K-State is tough when, whether Okie State is having a good year or not. I would agree with that. Um, there isn't much NBA news yet, Salty Drunk. Not yet, but it's coming. Uh, Illinois plays the Huskers tonight. Okay. <coughs> okay. Uh, don't sleep on Bean, Jeff Woodworth says. Okay. Okay. Jim R. K-State underrated this year with all the Texas-Oklahoma hype. Well, but I think Texas, I think K-State winning the conference last year was one of the great Cinderella stories. That's Absolutely. not happening this year. This conference belongs to Texas or Oklahoma and probably the winner of this game tomorrow. I think it belongs to Texas until anybody can prove differently. Yeah. And if Oklahoma beats Texas, then I'll be having a different tune on Monday. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's Texas and everyone else. But K-State's solid. Yeah. Don't don't sell them short. They can they can play with everybody. Uh Kansas was rolling too. They were. 
They were. And then once Jalen got hurt, that was that was the end of that. That's Tan- football, man. Tanner T, K-State's going to blow them out. I'll take K-State on the uh, alternate spread, 21 and a half. Damn. God damn. That's okay. Uh, Elaine Tran, being not that good from what m- uh, most Kansas fans are saying, well, you're, you're not going to be good when who are you being compared to? <laughs> Right? Like, that's, come on now. Elaine Tran, K-State 56, Oklahoma State 21. It's <laughs> heavy, dude. Yeah, I don't know about that. Patrick to Spain. What's up, Patrick? It's 658 Eastern, and Oklahoma still hasn't stopped the run. Dude, it, Oklahoma. Right. Is, yeah. I'm telling, I 42-28, Texas. Yeah. Uh, Mike Smith, unlike past many years, Texas is finally living up to the hype. They are. Agreed. They are, absolutely. Bryce Martin, if Tech wins the K-State game next week in Lubbock, will be big. Massive. OG Gary, this game could be close. Still think K-State wins, but it could be close. I just don't know how is Oklahoma State going to score when they do not throw the football well at all. Yeah. That's the question I have. Uh, Can we all just say Texas is back? I've been trying to say it. Not yet. Win this game, then you can say that. That's And I'm being serious with that. I I think... After the Alabama game, everyone wanted to say it, but I warned you, hey, it's, it's a little early, right? Hey, you won a big game. You absolutely, but it's a little early. You win this game, now I'd start running out the Texas back thing because of the schedule and the way that pans out and really where they should be at I, the end of the year. I wouldn't say two flipping words about Texas being back. Well, you know, I'd be more like, well, I, I don't know if we're back or not. I mean, we did beat Alabama at Bryant-Denny, and we, you know, we did beat Oklahoma. Oh, God! You know, we we like you can just keep running it out. We we've they're gonna run through Texas. We did win the Big Twelve. We did win the national championship. Are we back? I have no idea, but you know, we got some trophies and stuff. You know. That's how I'd be handling is Texas back. Yeah. I would. Uh Dakota, enough of this Kansas talk. Let's talk about the flagship university of the great state of Missouri. <laughs> sir we weren't going to talk about that game at all we didn't even make a graphic for it because nobody cares um you know lsu's five and a half at missouri tomorrow, go tigers go tigers tomorrow 11 a.m mm-hmm. the money says 75 percent of america thinks lsu is going to win this game LSU defense has struggled with coverage, especially coverage against the best receivers they've seen. And here's my question. The the only question that matters, can Jaden Daniels throw LSU to win this game? No. It's the only thing that matters. And I, I think when you look at, LSU, I mean, they lead the SEC with 353 passing yards a game. They have a ton. And when I say a ton, they have a crap ton of wide receivers. The And LSU may not play great defense, but boy, they are going to score points. And if you look, they lost 55 to 49. They've scored 34, 41, and 72 in their wins 
And I more point to that loss against Old Miss. I ask myself, whose whose fault is this? <laughs> well, it wasn't Malik Neighbors' fault. Yeah, buddy balled out. Eight for 102, 12.8 yard per catch average. I'm for real. And it certainly wasn't Brian Thomas Jr.'s fault. Eight for 124, three scores, and he averaged 15 and a half yards a catch. I'm for real. There's no doubt that Logan Diggs is legit. LSU can run the ball. They don't run the ball to win the game. They throw the ball to win the damn game. Mm -hmm. So now the question becomes, who's going to win the line of scrimmage? Well, it should be LSU, but... I'm... Yeah. I think when you look at Luther Burden, 100 yards in his last four games, every one of his last... Every one of his last four games... 645 yards, five touchdowns, and Brady Cook is completing 75% with 11 touchdowns and no turnovers, and he doesn't throw interceptions. Yeah, This is going to be a fascinating offensive performance. I will say Missouri's got the goods or the formula that you want to beat. LSU. I mean, you've got a guy, like he just said, who really can throw it around the field, can exploit the defense, can find the gaps, find the holes. But yeah, I mean, again, just like just like we talked about with with you know Texas and Oklahoma and several of the other games, Texas Tech. Who can run the football in this game? Because it's great that you can throw for three fifty a game, but can you run the football? Because you're gonna need to run the football at some point. And the truth is, the truth is. I don't think Missouri can stop LSU's offense. That's my biggest question. And you look at some of the scores. Middle Tennessee State was a four-point win. And Memphis was a seven-point win. K-State was a three-point win on a miracle field goal in a sequence that was wild. Yeah. And I just don't believe it until I see it that Missouri can stop LSU's offense. Yeah. I, I I don't see that. I think that this is a game where LSU has a potential to score 40 points. And I don't see any way, shape, or form against this LSU defense. And I think LSU can be beat. And I think that you have the weapons and you have the ability and... I'm with you that you're going to score 27, 28 points. But are you going to give up 40? And I think yeah. you will. Yep. And I'm yep. picking 40, 28. Yep. LSU wins the game. Yeah. I'd and, go, I'd go, I wouldn't go even 28. I, I think it's like 40, 24. Nah, I think, I, I think LSU secondary is going to struggle in this game. I think that LSU is prone to give up big plays to, to really good wide receivers. But I just don't see how I don't see how Missouri can score enough and often enough. And if you do, it's going to be a shootout, which does not favor you. Right. I that's what I that's what I think. OG Gary LSU covers taking the over. Uh bidness will be taken care of. Go Tigers. 48, misery 31, maybe 28. 
Go Black 45 says LSU 38, Mizzou 27. I'm leaning towards Texas A&M to beat Alabama. Come on now. Oh, do tell. Do tell. Let's let's talk Alabama, Texas A&M. Thanks to our friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com presents our number three of the Monty Show on a football Friday. Uh, You guys, I can only tell you how excited my house is about TridayTrading.com because Mrs. Monty is, in fact, in the Triday Trading program. Uh, She got connected with her uh, trading coach, which is one of the coolest aspects of being a a student at TridayTrading.com. You get your own personal trading coach, and I think it's really, really smart. Because there's a lot of unknowns about day trading, and a lot of people think you got to have a great market or a terrible market. It's just not true. The market conditions do not matter in day trading because you're in and you're out. That's what the magic of day trading is. And when you work with Triday Trading and their coaches, they're going to teach you the processes. They're going to show you the proprietary software that was designed and built in-house at TridayTrading.com. There are no guesses. There are no accidents. At TridayTrading.com, they have the systems and the processes in place to make their full-time graduates, those who trade on a full-time basis after they graduate the Triday Trading program, $1,000 a day or more on average. Their part-time graduates make $300 to $500 a day on average. Let's stop talking about can you afford that house? Can you be the family that goes to Disneyland? Can you pay off your student loan or credit card debt? Yes, you absolutely can live the financial life you've always wanted to live, but you got to get to TridayTrading.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Sign up for their 30-day trial membership that only costs you a $10 charitable donation. How wild is that? For $10, they'll show you your future. And that trial membership's not part-time or a little bit. It's the entire Triday Trading program at TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Let's talk Texas A&M. Let's talk Alabama. How big is this game? Like, Jake, is this a game where you feel like, wow, I got it. This is a must watch. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of heat here. I think Jimbo and Nick Saban have it out for each other. I think that that there's been a lot of junk talked uh, just over the course of the last year, you know, and NIL and recruiting and a lot of backhanded uh, insults out of Saban, and Jimbo's been all fired up. And, and I think that, you know, again, I'm just going to keep saying it week in and week out uh, about Nick Saban. There are questions about the program this year, my man. And I hate that because I love when Alabama's good. I'm not a Georgia guy. I'm much more of an Alabama guy. Yep. And and you're not that team this year. You're you're struggling to be in the top 10. And, and for me... This is one, if I'm Nick Saban, where it's like, all right, I'm going to throw out the rankings this week. We're throwing out, you know, championships and all that. This is straight up, hey, we're playing to make a point against Jimbo. That's that's what I'm playing for if I'm Nick Saban. And that's why I think, you know, again, I know they're going on the road, but ultimately I feel like this is a very close game. Uh, this, to me, screams one possession game all day. Uh, and I'm obviously going to take Nick Saban. You know, I think I've talked about it all show today. I think the thing that really stands out to me about Alabama is how much better this defense is now. Quinn Ewers operated against Alabama's defense in Tuscaloosa. That's embarrassing. That does not happen very often. And we all began speculating and wondering if Alabama's defense was still Alabama's defense. 
Well, guess what? Old Miss found out last week. Alabama's defense is legit, and Old Miss's offense is absolutely legit. We talked about it today. They put up hundreds and hundreds of yards unless they play Alabama. And I think when you start to look at, you know, Mississippi State, what happened to Mississippi State? That game was at Mississippi State. How did that go? Not well for Mississippi State. We're starting to see that this Alabama defense is for real. And I got news for you. Texas A&M has not seen a defense like this. Texas A&M is that team that perpetually disappoints under Jimbo Fisher. Facts. And I do not expect that to change against Alabama. Facts. I think Nick Saban is on a mission. I think Nick Saban believes his teams are being disappointing or disappointed. I think he thinks that they have been written off. I think he shows them that they're ranked outside the top 10 every single chance that he gets. And again, I just go back to lane train. Old Miss made LSU look stupid. After the Alabama game, they bounced back against LSU. They had no love. They had no joy. They chose absolute pain. And then they went to LSU and looked just fine. This, this Bama defense never left. They just didn't start playing. Now, here's the thing that I am curious about. Where is Jalen Milrow in this game? There are some rumors out there that he's not going to play. I have not seen a definitive answer on that. Obviously, this is a prediction that has Jalen Milrow playing. And I think he will play. Nick Saban told Pat McAfee that um, Jalen Milrow has grown and grown every single week of preparation and every single week of gameplay. I have to believe that Jalen Milrow plays. Yeah. If that's the case... Let's see what he does because, again, the Aggies, by statistics, have the number one defense in the SEC. They're getting off the field at an absurd 72% rate on third down. And the offense has a really good balance of run and pass. And yet, Bobby Petrino just isn't good enough to beat Nick Saban in Alabama. I think when you look at turnovers, the problem for Texas A&M their defense does not create turnovers. It's a great defense. But if you do not turn over Alabama, you're not going to beat Alabama. Yeah. And I think as well as Alabama's defense is playing, I think Alabama should get the edge in this game. And I would give it to Alabama 28-20. I think this defense in, in Tuscaloosa is absolutely for real. I'm going to take Alabama to win 28-20. Yeah, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 31-27, roll tide, stops A&M on the final possession to win the game. I think it's a win cover over because the number is 46 and it's only two and a half. Yeah. I'm going win cover over if Jalen Milrow, in fact, is the starting quarterback for Alabama. Yeah. I love Alabama to win the game. Yeah. I do. Uh, Elaine Tran, man, they are fast in every position on defense. They are seriously. They these are two very good defenses. Texas A&M is not accidentally number one in the SEC. They're not accidentally number one. Alabama is not accidentally dominating Old Miss. Texas is not accidentally kicking people's ass. They didn't accidentally win in Tuscaloosa. They didn't accidentally win in Baylor. Texas is legit. Well, so is Alabama. And if Jalen Milrow decides to actually competence a strong word 
he he has to get better every single He's snap. Got to be more effective. There's every no single snap. I, I I just it's so incredibly important. Yeah. Delaric, Alabama 17 to 9. <laughs> okay. I love Bama, but I can't see them winning. Greg Skanky's going to be at the game. What do you mean? Yeah. Okay. The dynasty is not over. Bryce, Jalen Milrow plays and has n- another three turnover game. No Milrow, Bama gets blown out. Damn. Ooh. Mr. Wow. Five, Mr. 512 says, hook him, boy. Hook him. I love Texas tomorrow. Yeah. 42-28. Uh, Dakota Tubbs, Pat McAfee. Okay. See what he did there? You're only 20 minutes away from the McCack story. McCack. Uh, Gary Wolf would love to hear Phyllis Phyllis's thoughts on the Bama subject. Well, you uh, all know what that is, bro. Phyllis, Phyllis, is the dynasty over? The dynasty is not over. And by the way, how do you feel about Nick Saban? Nick Saban is a better man than you are. Indeed he is. Uh, Joseph Harper, can Kentucky hang with Georgia? Kiss my butt. I mean, I think Kentucky has shown they can. <laughs> I am not a Georgia guy. I am not. Jeff Woodworth says Georgia. Yeah. Georgia. Uh, Elaine Tran, man, they are fast in every position they are. Uh, OG Gary, 31-30 A&M. No, 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 no. I don't think, how is this, how is this going to go to 60? No, no, no. I don't see any way this goes to 60. would be how that happens. Turnovers. Uh, Yeah. But I don't see that mm, happening, I agree. That's rough. That's rough. Bryce Martin. If there's anyone that can recreate what Texas did to Bama to be A&M, multiple sacks, shut down the run game, and make Bama desperate. There's some winning in that. There's some winning in that. Uh, Mike Smith, ATM, can beat Bama on any given Sunday. The problem is they're playing the game on Saturday. Yeah, see, but so not so different. fast, my friend. They play the game on Saturday. Saban beats Jimbo. <coughs> you know. Uh, Gonzalez says no Milrow, no chance. I agree. Bryce Martin, AM number one sack rate, number two tackle for loss, top five in total sacks, and turnovers will come late, but they haven't caused turnovers. They have not caused turnovers. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, Elaine Tran, Saban's a legend. Yes, he is. Uh, LV Seminole, man, I hate, hate, hate Texas, but they're going to beat the brakes off of the Sooners. Yeah. Um, Kevin the Destroyer, Tuck Faxis. See what he did there? So he spelled it differently so that he wouldn't get in trouble from the algorithm. Some some mix-ups there. Uh, If A&M wins, Missouri wins, and Kentucky wins, the SEC would be an absolute shambles. I don't... mm. At what point does Georgia show up with a point to prove? (laughs) At some point, you would think. You would think. Just like Notre Dame's going to show up at Louisville tomorrow to get their brakes beaten off. <laughs> that sounds worse. I, that's not. They're going to get their brakes beaten off. This is the trap game. Notre um, Dame, our mother. I think. At what point does? And I want to be careful with this. At what point does Marcus Freeman get exposed for not being able to think clearly in the moment? Um, I think that's a huge question. That is a huge question because I think when you look at the game against Duke, they got Duke lucky is Duke. to have the ball when they had it. And then Hartman went berserk on that last drive. 
Estime broke off Duke. And the the Notre Dame defense, which has proven to be solid when, you know, 11 guys are on the field and they're in the right spot. I just don't know. I don't have the confidence because I think Louisville is better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. Sure, yeah. And I look at Louisville, and I think that this is the interesting thing here is this is projected to be a 52-point game. And I don't love that Notre Dame's a touchdown favorite at six and a half. I mean, if you if we're getting 50, let's call it 54 points, and you're going to win by a touchdown, that's that's scary to me. Because that's somebody that's you're you're telling me that this is going to be a 28-20 game? No. 28-24? No, it'll be a little more than that, I think. I think if 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 the boys in Vegas, and they're never wrong, rarely, occasionally, sometimes, uh, this is going to have to be a 35-28 game. Yeah. Now, Sam Hartman can put, can put it up, right? I think that when you look at, you know, Notre Dame, I mean, all the computer models have them winning 66%. But I think this is, this is a three-point game. I want to say 31-28. Notre Dame wins because their defense is going to be better than Louisville, but this will be one of their most difficult tests of the year. Louisville's not going to get enough possessions to score 28 points in this game, in my opinion, because I think Notre Dame's going to run it down their throat regularly. And I think that that Jack Plummer uh, finds a way to turn the football over each and every week. And you look at the numbers, what does he have? Six interceptions. What week are we in? Oh, that's right. We're in week six. So if you're going to turn it over at least once in this game, from your quarterback, that's one less possession you're going to get, and that's one more that Notre Dame's going to get. Yeah. And then I look at the fact that Notre Dame, it, you know, obviously with Audrick Estime, assuming he doesn't turn it over, which he's been decent about, you know, recently. He's very good. Um, you know, I just think that Notre Dame's going to control the clock, and I think that's what what's going to be hard for Louisville to, to overcome. Because, again, if you're going to beat a team like Notre Dame, what do you need? And it's what Ohio State showed us, right? Ohio State showed us that, hey, if you can methodically take it down the field and then convert, you're going to win that game against Notre Dame. But I don't believe Louisville's good enough to do that against his defense because I do think the defense is really good. And he says trap games this weekend, Notre Dame versus Louisville, USC versus Arizona. Arizona's just not talented enough. I think one of the trap games of the weekend is ASU in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, Kevin the Destroyer, wow, Boyd Lake, you really think Oklahoma is snobby? Geez, I have. Have you ever been to Texas? Seriously. Seriously. Love everybody. Have you ever been to Texas? Uh, And if you've been to Texas, have you seen the Dallas Cowboys play a game? Dallas versus San Francisco. Yeah. The Niners are four points. The number's 45. It's on Sunday Night Football. Jake, go. Yeah, you know, I think that in this game, you know, Dak has obviously continued to take a lot of heat, and I think that that the Dallas Cowboys have something to prove here. Uh, obviously, with you know two losses and two years in the playoffs to the 49ers, you look at this situation. This is one where the Cowboys have proving to do, and I think that you know I look at this game and 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 I want I, I kind of go into this game feeling like I want the Dallas Cowboys to sort of get over the hump, if you will. I I don't want to talk about you know, Dak not being good enough anymore. I don't want to talk about, 
you know, man, the Trevon Diggs injury is really killing their defense anymore. What I instead want to talk about is, hey, the Dallas Cowboys defense slowed down the MVP candidate and frontrunner CMC, right? The, the Dallas Cowboys found a way to slow down Brandon Ayuk, right? And then because they did that, that allowed them to go out and win this game. But what I'm having trouble with is I don't believe that they can do that. I don't believe the defense is fast enough or good enough to slow down CMC. I don't believe that you're all of a sudden going to stop a breakout star this year in Brandon Ayuk. And I certainly don't believe that you're going to roll out on offense and, and, and run against these linebackers, dude. I just can't see them doing that on the road. The other thing that I think is important in this game, and, and you've heard it before, not reinventing the wheel here, the surface at, at Levi Stadium is not good. So when we talk about running the football, when we talk about being effective on the ground, uh, a surface issue, slipping constantly, not having good traction, I think we're going to see some of that in this game. And, and what scares me is anytime the surface is in question, running the ball seems to kind of go away. Teams kind of trend away from that. They're not real big fans of that. And what do they do? They go right into, hey, we're just going to pass the ball. We're going to pass the ball and pass it a lot. And when you do that, what do you get? You get a lot of three and outs. You get a lot of short possessions. And I think that's the struggle right now for the Dallas Cowboys is that they're they're just not in that rhythm that they need to be in to go on the road to the West Coast against what is likely a Super Bowl team and win the game. And that's why I don't believe you're going to do that. There's just They just have too much working against you. Dak or Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy right now? Brock Purdy. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Brock Purdy right now has taken his team farther than Dak has, unfortunately. Do you believe that Dak Prescott's in the best situation for him to thrive as a professional? Because I do not. Yeah. And I think a lot of Dak Prescott's issues are play calling and schematics. Now, has Dak thrown a lot of interceptions? He has. But I've talked about this a ton this week on the show for one particular reason. Because when you look at the lead up to this game, the 49ers are deeper and more talented on offense. CeeDee Lamb's a disappointment, period, point blank. There's no other way to say that. CeeDee Lamb was expected to be a number one wide receiver, and he simply is not that. Thanks. And I don't see CeeDee Lamb being a number one wide receiver. I think that San Francisco defense is very good. There's a reason, though, that they're not a six-point favorite at home. They're a one-point favorite because being at home, the boys in Vegas give you three. This is a one-point margin. And I think that very, that very, very thin margin that the 49ers enjoy, it's 100% on the fact that they are better and more talented offensively. And I think, simply put, the defense in San Francisco is better than the defense in Dallas. And if Trayvon Diggs was playing, maybe we'd have a different conversation. But we're not. I think this is a, a game where Dak Prescott will have the ball in his hands with a game on the line and a chance to win it. And the question is, who's going to get open and who is going to support Dak Prescott to win this game? Because when I look at the Dallas Cowboys, I, I ask myself that every single week. And if you look at their schedule, and if you look at that one dreadful loss to the Arizona Cardinals, what was the common denominator throughout the second half? that they had to rely on Tony Pollard because they could not rely on CeeDee Lamb, who only had four catches in 53 yards. 
And if that happens again, you're, you're not going to win this game. And if Tony Pollard has to be leaned on and if he's got to carry the club and you're not going to win this game, this has to be a game. And again, I know that I, I tend to drink the Dak Kool-Aid and I'm fine saying that. Yep. You have to come out with the same intensity and vigor that you did against the New England Patriots. The only problem is Brock Purdy's a hell of a lot better than Mac Jones. It's the bottom line. But you look at Tony Pollard in that game, 11 carries and 47 yards. And yet, where was CeeDee Lamb? Four catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. <coughs> Jalen Tolbert, Michael Gallup, Jake Ferguson, all had more production than CeeDee Lamb. And the problem for the Cowboys is, I think that's going to be the same story this weekend in San Francisco on Sunday night. And I think this defense... Leighton Van Der Esch is playing as well as he has played at any point in his career. Um, I think the 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 questions about um, the health up front for, for Micah Parsons, that's a big one. How healthy is he? How able is he? We're going to find out. But this game's going to come down to who steps up on offense for Dak Prescott because the other thing that's really problematic if you're a San Francisco uh, 49er fan is they have not put in deep routes. They have not put in diverse uh, route trees and receiver combinations. I mainly think because Dallas Cowboys don't have the, the skill position talent to do that. Mm -hmm. Dak Prescott has one of the lowest per attempt averages in the NFL. They don't throw the ball down the field very often. And when they do, it's high risk and high reward. So we're going to find out it's why I'm leaning towards the 49ers to win the game by a field goal. But I think this is very close. I think it's something like 27-24 San Francisco. Totally agree. 100%. Yeah. I, I just... Mm. Bryce Martin, Dallas's offensive struggles making and sustaining drives. Yeah. Because you can't play dink and dunk football and Mike McCarthy doesn't trust Dak Prescott. Well, and I think the other thing is the Dallas Cowboys um, wilt under the pressure of playing from behind. You know, you saw it in the Cardinal game. Uh, but you also see it the other way, too. When they're playing from in front, they thrive. And they are able to put up points, and they, they do think, like, okay, I get it. You're better from in front than you are from behind. The only problem is, like I said, you're th this dude going to Levi Stadium, playing on that, that crap grass, it's always a conversation, uh, and playing from behind is not where you want to be in this game. And and I'll be interested to see, they win that opening coin toss. Do they take the football first and try to go down and score because that's what I'd be trying to do if I was them yep Jeff Woodworth notice when Monty gets uh two holes to talk about Dallas he gets a pee break dude when you no I'm not going to talk about <laughs> cowboy pee break or Dak restroom rant do a poll uh Bryce Martin play calling when his head coach took over play calling no play calling became an issue this year I don't disagree with that. Uh, replace, or excuse me, Green Street Utes. Love when the Cowboys are bad. A because lot of people it's garbage. Do. A lot of people do. CJ Vance, let's go Niners. Hoping to see a beatdown of the Cowboys. The Bay Area needs Lomb the Lombardi back. Yeah, they do. Boy, and 49er fans are ready for it. Uh, Bryce says, right now, San Francisco uh, defense is better, but Dallas offense has a higher ceiling. But you got you to gotta open it up a little bit. You have to let Dak throw behind the linebackers, and I just don't think Mike McCarthy would trust him with that. I, I really don't. Yeah. I, I think that's an issue. Mike Smith, they had three offensive line starters on the bench versus Arizona. 
Dude, entry. That might be the case. You can't lose dude. to the Cardinals. Listen, I don't I don't give a damn who who's hurt. The it's about who's available. You cannot lose to the Arizona Cardinals. It just I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but you have so much money on that offensive line. You've got to be better than that, man. Like it is it's wild to me. And right now their injury injury report's pretty clean. I mean, I, I would expect looking at their injury report, I would expect Steele Martin um, Tyron Smith is always a question. I feel like he's always hurt. Uh, but I, I'm not trying to rip the guy. Tyler Smith and Tyler Biazdez to, to play as a unit. I would expect them to be fine. It's going to be a matter of play call. How many throws does break the 10-yard mark for Dak Prescott? <laughs> I'm being serious. Yeah, That's a huge question. Tarrant County, boy. Sup, fellas, from down here in Nacogdoches, Texas. Texas. Love it. Good to see you in Nacogdoches. Um, he says, stay hard. Stay hard. In fact, Mike Smith, the replacement O-line players were all undrafted. Salary cap. Uh, Elaine Tran, 49ers secondary is so aggressive. It is. That it is, and they're good. They, they are good. Mike Smith, biggest issue will be if they can or cannot stop San Francisco's running back. Well, CMC's a stud, and he's an MVP candidate, and I don't know that there is stopping him. I, I really don't. I think that's a that's – a, Yeah. Ooh, Kevin the Destroyer, Cowboys baby. Okay. Uh, Bryce Martin, three, four throws, make it past 10 yards, but they got to make them count. They do. Uh-huh. Absolutely. John Dry. What's up, John Dry? Good to see you. Uh, right now, Dak is doing better than Rodgers. Well, that Achilles. Yeah, I've been immunized. Tarrant County says Dak is mid. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, Broncos versus Jets. Loser wins the game thanks to the Bears for getting they were supposed to tank. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Okay, can we, uh, real quick, we want to talk about fat ass or you want to go to monkeys? Uh, uh, let's go to monkeys. Yeah, let's go to monkeys. All right. Wired Magazine. In yeah. a story we've talked about on the showroom in the past. Right. Wired Magazine had an expose on Neuralink. You remember Neuralink? Hey, you guys you guys remember Neuralink? Neuralink is the brain implant company from Elon Musk. Oh, we're we're helping people with paralysis and we're solving all these great things. And what they do is they they put implants in your brain. And it allows you to do things that you're not physically capable of doing when you have paralysis, you know, significant brain trauma, traumatic brain injuries. All the things that we want to fix as humans, right? All the things that you can't fix, you want to fix. Well, they started testing these implants on monkeys. And they've moved past that phase. And now they are testing on humans or trying to. Wired Magazine had an expose that talked about the impact these implants had on the monkeys. Mm -hmm. You want to guess? It's not good. Um, they implanted these in macaque monkeys. Macaque. Can't make that up. There was so much swelling... According to Wired Magazine, there yeah. was so much swelling on their brains, the monkeys' brains, that their brains essentially imploded inside of their skulls. 
Like they would put the <coughs> Neuralink implant in the monkey's brain. Yeah. And it would cause their brains to basically swell and expand and explode in their skulls. I think I'm going to pass on Neuralink. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, you know, um, you know, I, I, I am, I am, I, this is terrifying. Isn't this, isn't this what everything is now? Oh my God, we're solving world hunger. Take this pill. Never mind. The pill is going to kill you in a year. Why would you do this? Why would you do this? An autopsy would later reveal, whoa, major pop-up ads, of course, because I, like right. an idiot, refresh the page. An autopsy would later reveal that the mounting pressure inside of her skull deformed and ruptured her brain. <coughs> That's wild. <coughs> that That is wild. Like, imagine that. Hey, this is a macaque monkey. Here, here's a chip that we're going to put in your brain. And this is going to allow you to walk again. Oh, but it turns out there's a good portion of people that are going to die from this uh, because of the brain swelling. So my only question with Neuralink here, and there are other details here, but my only question is, okay, how is this going to get sold? Because you know eventually this is going to hit the market. Is this going to be, hey, well, you know, you're dying anyway. You're paralyzed anyway. What really do you have to lose? And if you die, it ain't no big deal. Is that what this is? Because if that's what it is, I'm kind of feels like that's what this is, right? This tan macaque monkey, yeah, was at the California National Primate Center with staff observing her via live stream. Whatever had been done to the to her left, uh, the whatever had been done left her with a severe neurologic defect. And it was time to put the monkey to sleep, but the client protested. The Neuralink scientist whose experiment left the seven-year-old monkey's brain mutilated <laughs> wanted to wait another day, uh, so they did. As the attending staff sat back and observed, the monkey seized and vomited. Her pupils reacted less and less to light. Uh, that's amazing. Sometimes yeah. she would wake and scratch her throat retching and gasping for air before collapsing again exhausted. The, the Again, the autopsy would later reveal that mounting pressure inside her skull had deformed and ruptured her brain. Dude. The inflammation had caused painful pressure on a part of the brain producing uh, the cerebral spinal fluid. That's the substance in which the brain sits, normally buoyant. Ugh. So yeah, let's move on to humans. Good call. Dude. Who's doing this? Like who is it? If you had the opportunity, and let's say you were paralyzed, would you would you take a Neuralink implant and be a guinea pig essentially? No, not a chance not a in chance, the dude. world. I'm not doing it. Not a chance no in the world. No way. I'm out, dude. And I've told my wife this, if I am in like a vegetative state, if there are issues, nah, bro, I'm done. I don't want Neuralinks. I don't want chip implants. I don't, none of that. I don't want like some metal skeletal system. Thanks. Dude, this is what Elon Musk Neuralink is doing. Yeah, and I, and I think we all give Elon a free pass because of SpaceX and Tesla and like all these awesome and companies. And Twitter. And, and 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 Twitter. And as you can see, I'm going through some shit right now. Kind of sus. 
But w- I'm serious. Would you guys want to be involved in this? I would not. I would. There's no way in no way, shape or form. Like it's wild that you know these stories. They're published in Wired magazine and they still got approval for human trials. 100%. I just, that's crazy. It's crazy to me. And I don't know how you do it. I, I really don't. Right? Like, Daniel Dixon, send the chips to North Korea. Hey, here are some chips for your nukes. You just implant them in your brains. Bet you weren't expecting this one. Right? Conference commissioner, salty drunk. Surely people don't want to hear this story. Apparently they do. You know. I'm just saying. Tarrant County Boy says next story. Dude, it's terrible, isn't it? It is terrible. And then there's the ring doorbell story. Hey. So ring doorbell wants to pay you a million dollars. All you have to do is catch alien or UFO activity on your on your doorbell. And if you get in, if you if you get brave, you can go down the interwebs black hole and find, you know, skinwalkers on people's ring doorbells. Do you believe that aliens would allow themselves to be caught on ring doorbells? Uh, I have a tough time with that one. I you know. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't think so. But I, what I do think is funny is that, you know, for sure the schemers are going to be in AI deep fake. Let's make a bunch of stuff up land to try to win a million bucks. And of course, you know, the ring was really smart. And in the fine print said, uh, yeah, every case is going to be reviewed and we have final say and like, like, you know, so I don't know. I, I, I think that. It's hard to define definitive when it comes to doorbell camera footage. It is. But this is my argument with all UFO stuff. Yeah. Like there wasn't, I think it was an Indian Airlines jet or an airline flying over India. And all of a sudden a UFO showed up outside the airplane and people were like, this is the greatest UFO footage ever captured. Right. Infowars.com. By just like one or two cameras, there weren't like 50 people on that side of the plane. Like, holy cow, that's a UFO. Like, come on. Right. Like, that's the amazing part is that I just don't believe I'm such a skeptic now. I don't believe that an alien who are supposedly way smarter than we are, are they, what are you, stealing packages off of a porch and that's how you got caught <coughs> on a ring doorbell? I don't think they're, I don't think UFOs are following Amazon trucks looking for beef sticks, right? <laughs> like, I, I, I just don't think that's the case here. Yeah. So I don't believe that we're catching aliens <laughs> on ring doorbells. I don't, I just don't. Does anybody ever win this? No. No way, right? No, because I tend to think, and here's what I'm asking. Is Ring Doorbell being serious about this? Yeah, I think so. You think so? Yeah. Oh, no. I think they're more like, look at this idiot with this. Look, at, Did you see this guy who submitted this <laughs> skinwalker he caught on his Ring robotic camera? Look at this moron. Let's do a thing. Let's let's throw out a million dollars and see how many skinwalkers we get back. <laughs> Excellent strategy, sir. I honestly think that's what they're doing. Call that it trolling be. or call it Come on. I I don't I don't see that at all. <laughs> For a second. I mean, there's no doubt it's a marketing ploy on someone. Hey bro, does a chupacabra account? I caught a chupacabra. Uh, that's a coyote. Well, no, it's a chupacabra. Look at the tail. What the fuck are you, Ranger Rick? Like, that's what we're going to get. That's a chupacabra, bro. Sure. 
Sure. I don't. I just don't. Sure, it. it is. I don't. I. Oh, look at that. Mrs. Monty is in the comments. Oh dear. Ha ha. This is ring doorbell trolling. I tend to agree. Uh, Johnny Gonzalez, ring my bell, Marvin the Martian. Please do. Please come to my Mrs. Front door. Monty. Have you made your first trades yet? She's meeting with her coach and stuff. Let's go, baby. Uh, Tarrant County boy is a Canadian or a Mexican. Do they count? Stop. Chill, dude. Uh, Jeff Woodworth. I catch aliens on my ring doorbell all the time. Time to make a million bucks. Having fun is the name of the game. You know, uh, hello, Billy. What's up? Hello, Billy. If I was a paraplegic, yeah, yes, I would do it. Best case, I get movement. Worst case, I die. I'm good with that. Oh, my God. Well, and that's what I think Elon's counting on, man. He's talking about Neuralink. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Dixon, ET phone home. Well, come home and hit the ring doorbell if you don't mind on the way in the house, bud. Right? Can you... Does anybody... But you know they're going to get tons of submissions. Okay, let's have little Billy put on the skin suit costume. Guys, 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 It is Halloween. Let's have him put on the skin suit costume. Stranger things have happened. Quite literally, stranger things. Stranger things. Uh, Gary Wolf, I can dig me some catching alien porch pirates red-handed. <laughs> is what is Who are the dregs of society? Oh, my God. I never told you guys this story. We are driving up to watch the Leafs change color up on uh, Guardsman's Pass in Utah last weekend. Yeah. And we're riding up Cottonwood Canyon. And there's a Ram diesel pickup truck in front of us he pulls up to a to a group of bicyclists who are climbing the canyon slows down and then floors it so that he gets the black diesel (laughs) exhaust all over the people riding their bikes what a douche you're a douche why are you not a drag of society why is that funny i don't understand that yeah it's not i really don't understand it yeah but then again, you know, never mind. No, no alien jokes. Uh, LV Seminole, if those aliens steal my bucked up, seriously, but they won't. They won't. You know, they'll they'll get the free sample of bucked up in the comment section below. Yeah, I Let mean me, that's why they're on your porch, right? Because they took their bucked up for the night shift, and you know, you know, that's going. how they're able to fly those alien those little ships disc things and stuff. Look, I I've seen I've seen Mars attacks. I know what these aliens look like. Yeah. Do you guys remember Mars Attacks? Jake does. Yes, yes, yes. Remember Mars Attacks. There's no chance you do. Kurt Myers. What's up, Kurt Myers? Afternoon, Monty Casuals. Is the pack dead yet? It's not. It's not. Just ask John Canzano. Jeff Woodworth. I live in the uh, Alaska Triangle. Freaky stuff up here. Like what? Yeah, what's the freakiest thing you've seen? Yeah, what is? like? Okay, so do you guys believe in skinwalkers? Do you guys believe in, like, where are you guys at on it? I, I don't believe in skinwalkers and werewolves and skinwalker ranch. What about Nelly in the lake? <laughs> There's no dinosaur in the lake or whatever. Nelly. Ooh, look at this. Oklahoma State in the red zone now on K-State. Hmm. Monte Ribeye. I think they want free advertising. Who ring? I mean, it's it's awesome. Um, Tarrant County boys, skinwalker swimming. Skimming? Yeah. Skinwalker skimming. Okay. OG Gary, Chupacabra is a vampire? Could be. Could be. Uh, Gary Wolf, swollen brain macaques dressed up like aliens. AKA skinwalkers. Yeah, like. Macaque. What did they call it? Like, um, 
Oh my God, zombies? Zombie land, remember with the Twinkies? Yeah, zombie Macaque land. zombies? Yeah, dude. Macaque. Uh, OG Gary, I love Teslas. I'm chilling. Might lease a Model S. Nah, dude. Come on, dude. You're going to lease come a on, Tesla. Come on, man. Don't lease a Tesla. Okay. Hello, Billy. Uh, do meatheads count as aliens? They do. <laughs> they do. Woo! Oak, Oklahoma State just about scored a touchdown. Um, Lee Jensen, I've seen Taylor Swift. Wow. Wow, love it. Daniel Dixon, yeah, because they are on uh, Game of Thrones, see? Kurt Myers, Bigfoot is real. No, he's right. not. No, he's not. Uh, Tarrant County, boy, Zuckerberg is a reptilian. Does it count? It does. Get him to come to your house. <laughs> uh, LV Seminole, Skinwalkers, yes, Ohio State fans exist. <laughs> the hate is real. Look at that. Oklahoma State scores a touchdown. Well, well, well. 7.55 to go in the first quarter. Oklahoma State, Ollie Gordon. What did we tell you? Ollie Gordon runs it in. So get your facts straight. Okie State, uh, Oklahoma State up yeah, 6 dude, come on. How about that? OG Gary says touchdown, indeed. Touchdown it is. All right, the Monty Show, as always, is uh, presented by our good friends at Bucked Up Energy, buckedup.com. Tell you every single day, get in the comments. Make sure you guys get your buckshot free six-pack of buckshot in the comments section below. Let's hook it up. Let's get it done. I, I tell you every day, Buckshot is the single most important supplement in our repertoire. It's 200 milligrams of natural, naturally sourced caffeine with a bunch of brain food, and it does the job it says it's going to do, which is what you know about Bucked Up. They make really good products with really good ingredients that do the job they say they're going to do. Get your free Buckshot now in the description below. Bucked up, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Enjoy football this weekend. I will revel in the Bears win. Yeah. Texas 42, OU 28. Jake says OU 42, Texas 21. That's not what I said. What'd you say? The other way. I know. We've both got Texas winning handily. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you for being here. Until Monday, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.